Transmissions. Communications disruption can mean only one thing. Here they come. We've got an attack for them that's pulling us in. You may fire when ready. Commence primary ignition. And welcome to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom on this edition of March 19th, 2006. I am joined here today, of course, by all the crew of Star Wars on Direct. I have Hadri right in front of me. Hello. I have Brian to my right. Hi, Sebastian. And I got Adria who's here today, and she's also going to talk later on during the show. I am. Wow. And also today we have a special guest uh, from the USMC Marine Corps. Uh, that's USCM. USCM Marine Corps. Yes, thank Sorry. You. <laughs> <laughs> United States Colonial Marines. Hoorah! <laughs> <laughs> and um, we're celebrating 26 years of Empire this year, but there's also another big sequel that uh, came out in theaters who's celebrating 20 years this year, and it's Aliens. That's so correct. Very proud of that. Looking forward to uh, going to Mecca, a.k.a. Uh, Dragon Con in Atlanta, to celebrate that. There's a very large contingency of actors who have been uh, invited and uh, have accepted to be there. So I'm looking forward to uh, getting uh, all kinds of autographs uh, tattooed all over my ass. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, we're going to go back onto the main subject of tonight's show, which is, of course, Empire Strikes Back. And uh, we're just going to go into where we were. Back in 1980, when the movie came out, of course I was still my mother' wound, but that's was it nice and warm? I'm guessing so. I just really cannot remember <laughs> that. But I know that like a few months after Empire Strikes Back came out, I also came out, and it was a grand day for the entire Earth. But nobody really remembers no, really? August 21st, 1980. Oh, really? Well, I don't remember where I was at the time, but I do remember <laughs> that date. <laughs> all right, all right. So, um, we're going to be talking about The Empire Strikes Back, and we got something very special. We got a very special guest coming on the show tonight, straight from L.A. We're going to be talking to Derek McKee. He's an actor, manager, and uh, he just basically takes people around. And you can see him at conventions with some people like Matthew Woods, Carrie Fisher, and he's got an extremely very funny story about Carrie Fisher, but I'm going to let him tell you all about that. But Brian, tonight people can also contact us and give us their like worst possible question about The Empire Strikes Back. Worst possible? What do you mean? Well, like, they have They're to outwit us. us. Outwit us? Yeah. I like the idea, but I feel my, low, my wits are low tonight. As so different from any other day because... Uh, I, I set you up for that one. <laughs> I just want the record to state that I set you up for that one. <laughs> and it worked. It worked. See? Ha! See? Okay. Ah. Okay. That's good. Wink, that's wink. Good. Nod, nod. Exactly. So if you want to try and stump us, you can send us an email at studio at swendirect.com. Of course, you can reach us on our chat, which is on the main page, as well as our webcam, the link to listen to us live, the link to our blog, the link to our Star Wars on Direct Message Board, and if you want to reach us by MSN Messenger, 
it, it, the add the user swindirect at hotmail.com to your buddy list and you can uh, contact us we'll talk we'll uh, maybe have you on the phone so you'll be live on Star Wars Indirect that's right people live live no other podcast can do that not yet anyway podcasts can't do that well no podcasts are live exactly so oxymoron I don't know yeah okay more cowbells Yes. All right. So uh, we want to remind you guys that uh, the sound card <coughs> might crash as usual. I just had a big, big computer crash right before the show, so I'm gonna warn everyone about my computer tonight. Hopefully, it's not gonna it's gonna hold. But like right now, I'm a little bit scared. You hear me, baby? Hold, hold together. Hold. You can do it. <laughs> That's right. Um, all right. And uh, I think I think that's pretty much it for now. So now we're going to go into the most fun and, you know, personal part of the show. Our personal stuff segment. And welcome to our personal segment stuff. Um, I actually have two movies to talk about today. And both are awesome. One costs absolutely nothing to go watch because you can watch it on this wonderful new invention of Google Labs, which is called Google Video. It's not new. It's been out for a few weeks now, but still, yeah. Google Video. Yeah. Like you go to a web page and you can watch a video. Yeah. Yeah, it's been around for a year, dude. Yeah, but I'm talking like this particular movie oh. called Loose Change, oh, which no. is all about the events of 9/11. You know, once once again. All about 9/11 events and all about the plane that didn't or did crash in the Pentagon. It's up to you to decide. And like, were the two towers blown from inside or did they really crash down? It's it's really up to you to make up your mind. And it's my duty as a proud Canadian and not at all American to tell you to actually go to Google Videos and check out Loose Change. It's an hour and 20 minute movie. Jeez. And it's totally, it's definitely a really good movie. And it's got animations and all that. And cool. m- music is it. It seems like it's done by like a twenty-year-old or something like that. I don't know anything about the producer, but it's really, really good. Flashy yeah, flashy conspiracy theorist, as uh, Adrian was just saying. And I want to tell everyone about V for Vendetta. You know that movie where Natalie Portman shaves, shaves her head, and that's why she had no hair anymore. Well, uh-huh. it's awesome, and you should all go see it. I've heard good things about it. It's really, really good. I'm not sure about the IMAX version of it. It's a movie by the Warchevsky brothers, so just like The Matrix, if it's <coughs> an IMAX, uh, you know, you tend to see all of the defects of the movie. But the entire story, the entire, like... Wait, did you see Batman Is really IMAX? well put to the... Uh, no. No. Okay. I, there's no problem with that. Okay. Mm. But dark, dark movie on IMAX that tend to be just blown up from 35mm to 70mm... No, 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 no. This is different. This is co- actually Warner Brothers is making IMAX prints. Okay. These like the starting with Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. It's a when when you go see a Warner Brothers movie on an IMAX screen. Yeah. It is IMAX. It's actual IMAX. It's made for the IMAX. Okay. It's not blown up like because at the Paramount they are like local. The movie. They used to blow them up. Yeah. They used to. The Warner Brother releases. Mm-hmm. That are on IMAX specific. There are they usually say on the poster, 
made for IMAX or see it in IMAX, that is a print made for IMAX. Okay. So if you were to go see V for Vendetta on an IMAX, it would actually be a better print than 35mm. Not as good as if you were to go see it on digital. Yeah, of course. But still very high quality. That's right. Anyhow, the movie is really, really great. And I don't think that Big Ben needs to be any bigger when it blows up. I didn't see it yet. Thanks for the spoiler. It's not It's not <laughs> a spoiler at all. It's really not a spoiler. So, you know what? Just go see the movie. For those of you who've read the comic, I think it's a really good adaptation to from a comic to film. And DC is getting really, really good at these. So, go on DC. I mean, V for Vendetta. You definitely have to go see that movie. And Hugo Weaving actually gives a really good per- performance in there. He's not a bad actor. You never see him once. But you see him all the time. I know. I'm a complicated man to understand. I think so, too. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't see any movies. I, I, I kind of watched Audition. Mm-hmm. But I fell asleep. Because it was like the first half of the movie is kind of boring. Okay. It's about this guy who has an audition because his wife dies when his son's young. And his son's like, you know, Dad, you should go out on dates and find another wife. He's like, okay. And he decides he's going to have an audition to find out, like, which girl he's going to marry. And uh, the first half of the movie is not horror at all. It's kind of boring. It's just kind of like... It's not a Quasi, yeah. It's like a Japanese horror movie. Okay. And it's boring, the first half. And then Adria watched it all. And she said, it's like... And then then the girl is, like, was abused younger, so she, like, kills all men, no matter what. And she tortures them, and she, like, Pokes knives into their I needles and one all question. kinds of crazy. Were shit. there fish hooks involved? No fish hooks in this one. There are fish hooks in, this, in one? this one. Not in this one. No fish hooks in this one. Usually. Yeah. No, no, no. Piano wire. Piano wire is still a good thing. <coughs> okay. All right, uh, Audrey. No, I didn't watch You've any movies this week, but I've been busy in other things. I finally got around to posting on a very neglected uh, fan fiction. Fanfic. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm getting quite a few responses, so I'm very proud of it. So I'll I'm going to keep going with it. I promise I'll go read it this week. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> you know when you have time. I've, you've seen it before. You've posted yeah. on it before. I'll give it some, uh, more, some more reviews. Yeah. And on another hand, I'm really glad to say that I've been working on a little side project of my own, which is the project of my Sick and Twisted Mind. And what is it? It's something that Audrey has read parts of it, and other girls have read parts of it, mm-hmm. and so far they all liked it. And I'm not even that proud of the beginning of the story. So eventually you'll see it, and y- I might even try and turn Ooh. it into some sort of radio drama. Brian, would you like to uh, <laughs> to cast for that? <laughs> no. You're s- I'm sure I'm sure Adrian would be going for it. No. I'll tell you what, Adrian, I'll show you the, the, the beginning <laughs> of the story, and you can oh tell... No, you, you pulling it out. <laughs> oh, no, should we all panic? Stand back. I don't know how big this thing gets. <laughs> you, you wait, y- wait. If you blink, you might miss it. <laughs> Brian, you are evil. Do you have tweezers? <laughs> I, I think you dropped it. <laughs> we'll get a cheerio. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, uh, before I let Brian Why are you turning so red, Seb? <laughs> <laughs>
Because because I have my mouse pointing in my face. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> Every right. Many of them. All right. Jeez, you're red. Am I? He is. He was. <laughs> okay. So, Brian, do you have so. any information for our listeners out there? Information. Like, you know, things that are going to be coming out in the next mm, few weeks. And yes. You know. Well, we have like a few things that we'd like to talk about. Do we? Yes. Well, I, I have. We, ha- we have a t-shirt contest. Oh, yeah. That's right. I want to <laughs> talk to you about. Now, is it going to be... I want... So I have this idea. And a lot of people are great artists that listen to the show. And I was first kind of like take aware of this when the whole Ride That Jedi thing came out and we got a bunch of fan art around that and I was really impressed with that. And then we got that um, anime Stormtrooper girl. I was impressed with that. Now, what I want people is we're going to have a t-shirt contest, fan art t-shirt contest. You design the t-shirt Seb, Audrey, and I will choose the winning concept and the artist will be, you know, like they'll they'll be declared the winner and we will send them a t-shirt. So, basically design your own t-shirt and you win it. Yeah. If it is the chosen one. Exactly. I already have a submission <laughs> actually. Uh, I'll post it right now on the uh, chat site. Uh, <laughs> if you want to go check it out. I've already made my own my own T-shirt. <laughs> I'm almost it, it, okay. So I'm let us put a more g- more rules around it. Let us put us let us put so it, put up some rules. Okay. No so boobs involved. No, 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 no. Okay. Look, it has to be tasteful. So nothing like our last two T-shirts. <laughs> it has to have a male Jedi on it so that women can wear it for one. No, that's the next contest. <laughs> no, it has to be. It has to have like Star Wars on direct on it. Our present logo. Yes. We will maybe we'll add that in. And then it has to have like a hundred shows, something to do with the hundredth show, because I want to end the contest at the hundredth show. And the hundredth show, because we'll announce it. We're going to talk about it a lot. We're going to announce. We're going to talk about it every week until the hundredth show. So you guys, we really want to have a good stock of T-shirts. Okay. We don't want to be able to sit them. The, the, the we don't the want like two. We want like 33 of them or something. You can submit as many as you want. Yeah, that's it. So if you really want to win, send in as many as you want. Yep. So a lot of submissions is what I'm looking for. And it has to be, you know, like something about celebrating 100 shows or or try and theme it, Jedi's. It doesn't always have to be Jedi's. It can be... Stormtroopers, clone troopers. We love Republic Commandos. Uh, try and listen to past shows to see to hear what each of us like. We're not adverse to bribes. <laughs> I'm kidding. Right? No, we're not. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and you know what? You can send all offers to the studio. See, like address. Audrey likes Jaina. So yes. uh, exactly. Of course. And 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 <laughs> Seb. Has a thing for Twi'leks. I do. Yes, you do. Do I? You went on like two shows now. Oh, Twi'leks! Oh, Twi'leks! Can you make or like? Remember when we had the Trooper guys on? Yeah. You were like, oh, well, put me in the movie, and I want to be like this fat gangster guy with Twi'leks around me. It's always about the Twi'leks. 
I don't remember using the actual term fat. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a nice comeback, Brian. Toilets, that was that was a nice comeback, Brian. Congratulations. <laughs> You're welcome. We'll have to explain that one day to the um, the fans who are listening to us. But right now, I want to tell them I just posted a link to my uh, new Republic Commando torso, which I just finished this week. And I was actually talking to Audrey when I was finishing it. <laughs> yes, I got to see a show, guys. <laughs> I got to see how he puts it together. Yep. So, hold on a second. Sebastian, just yes. to talk about the... I'm going to put up a post with like official rules okay. this week on awards about the t-shirt contest. Also, um, we've got other stuff to give away, don't we, Sebastian? Coming up soon. Yep, coming up soon, but right now I don't want to We do have about that it. one thing of mine to give away. Yeah, your triple zero book. Yes, I have so. a copy of Triple Zero to give away. Should someone Ooh. outwit us tonight, would you win the copy of that book? <coughs> I think so. You think so? I think it would be a good idea. I think it would be a very good idea. All right. So open your Wikipedias, all of you. <laughs> Just in case. Hey, and I, I'll be on Wikipedia, too. No one <laughs> says I can't cheat. <laughs> I brought all my resource books tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. All right. Well, Brian, now would be a good time to tell our, P- our nice listeners about what's coming up in the next few weeks. You good for that? I need some pulse, man. Oh, that. I'm like, what's coming up in the next few th- What are you talking about, man? Can you tell me what's happening in the world of Star Wars fandom? I can always tell you what's going on in the world of Star Wars. All right. So here we go. <laughs> Master Fisto, trust your insight, we do. So, welcome to the Miscellaneous Foods for this March 19th, 2006. I have some awesome, awesome news about the Star Wars. Um, so, we're going to go back. Everybody knows that at Celebration 3, we heard the announcement that there was going to be a Star Wars... Um, TV show. First, it's going to be the 3D animation, which is going to be a regular series that's going to be like half-hour episodes. Um, so, there's going to be a lot of interesting things, like 100 episodes, we all know that, right? An hour each, based on spin-off characters. So not necessarily like main characters, but definitely secondary, would you say? Would you? I think it's going to be like I like, I like the word Fett. secondary. Think Boba Fett, I think, love size characters. Because I think that's kind of where they're heading at. I read that they're casting Anthony Daniels, though, as yeah. 3PO. He's mm. going to stay. Go Tony. Yeah. You can do it. Go Tony. You can do it. So, it's going to be 100 hours, or 101 hour episodes, so that's going to put them into syndication, which is perfect. Um... It's actually the Star Wars action like television series w- that's going to be 3D will actually be 3D. You'll need like the special red and blue glasses, which I think is going to be awesome. But it, see, that's the, that's the sad thing about that is you're going to need red and blue glasses instead of actually polarized glasses. See, I don't know if see they see you'll need glasses. Maybe you'll need the polarized ones. I prefer the polarized. Polarized is much better. It actually, gives you more depth. Exactly, and you don't actually have to wear the glasses to yeah. watch it. That's it. And actually, watching the with the blue and red, I have a tendency to that the the red is like dominated. Dominated. Well, it's it's darker for my for my eyesight. 
and I'll have I'll be I'll be getting headaches after watching like. No, like the last 3D movie I went to go see, I went to go see uh, Spy Kids 3D. Or no, it wasn't Spy Kids. It was like Adventures of Lava Girl and Shark Boy or that movie. Shark Boy. I took James to see it and I fell asleep. I didn't feel too bad because we were the only people in the theater. So I could, you know, let him be alone or something. It was kind of (coughs) boring. Anyway, um, the the live action series will start filming in 2008. So we can all look forward to that. Let's hope. Maybe we'll get a preview, like some story ideas. In that's um, all. It's C four next year. I hope we will get some information. Also, um, Legacy. There's been a cover brought out. The uh, Bloodlines by Karen Travis. There is uh, a picture of Boba Fett on the cover. So Boba Fett's going to be in the second Legacy book. Which is Bloodlines. Um, you can check that out at the official site. There's also a short description, which gives you spoilers <coughs> for the first book. So if you don't want to be spoiled, don't go read it. But if you do, it's. I think it. It kind of feels like, from what I've read so far, it's very reminiscent of the Corellian trilogy, mm-hmm. which is disappointing. I'm kind of disappointed. If it's going to be the Corellian trilogy all over again, it's like, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. But you could have thought of something new. Because you read the synopsis for the second book, and it's like, eesh. I think I read this story before. Like, I, I hope Karen like, is able to save it. I'm sure she will. So will Troy, and so will Aaron. I, I know, don't but think it's, it's going like to be like a Corellian trilogy. I hope because it the the story elements are there. All you're missing is Anakin. Like Anakin's dead, so he's not going to be in it. But it's like, yeah. Oh, thanks. You're right. Ben takes over where Anakin was. Oh, great. <laughs> I didn't mind this, but it's just oh, I don't like the repetition. Oh, we got some cool news in the Star Wars. Legacy, uh, Star Wars, Champions of the Force miniatures news. Okay. There's a new figure came out. Everybody thought this was going to come out. It's the Sith Trooper. It's from Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. Uh, it's up on Sithland. I'm going to put a link in the chat. He's got the cat, the uh, stat card, as well as a picture of the mini. He looks exactly like he looked in Knights of the Old Republic. Okay. Um, so are we going to be able to play him with Exocon? Yeah. Great. He's... Eight That's points, all though. He's eight points, so he's kind of expensive. Well, you're going to be able to play bunch with with Exercon. That Exercon's eighty four points. That's in a hundred point game. That's two. Well, there you go. That's a couple. It's not a lot. I think the game is heading towards two hundred points, though. Personally. Well, I think I think that right now with the scenarios we're playing in the uh, leagues and the DCI tournaments, we're pretty much up at two hundred points with the ads and all that. The like ATST shits, just yeah. I don't mind it. Two hundred points is much much better. I yes, I especially I, I, when you're playing clones, especially when you're playing true. Playing clones. But you can if you know how to craft a team, a hundred points, it's still nice because yes, bro. Oh, jeez, can you squeeze out some nice ones there? Yes, See, with the two hundred points, you're like you're stacking uniques. You're like, hey, I can put Vader and this and this and big guys up together. Like you can put four big ones. If, but you, when you're playing 100, you got that restriction there. Mm. So you're a lot more creative, personally. I, find. I like the 200 games, but personally, 
I I I really I prefer the uh, hundred points because it's tight. Makes a, it makes a tight game. Okay. Um, also, there's a new Areta that came out for the rules. Go check that out on Wizards. I'll put a link in the chat. Um, la, coming up at the end here, the Legacy comic book. See, I was enthused. At first, I hated it. I saw that caved Skywalker bullshit. I was like, <sighs> nah. And, and then that Red Twilight, and I was like, ah, such crap. Yeah. You know, like, maybe, you know, think she's hot and everything, Sebastian. Yeah. But it, she just looks like female Darth Maul to me. Okay. That's all that. There's uh, nothing sorry. new about it. And then I saw the picture of her with this other Sith and a Yuzong Vong Sith. And I was like, holy shit, this is going to be awesome. Yuzong Vong Force user? So cool. And then they came out with these on Sith Clan. These panels, black and white panels with the mm-hmm. shading done, with the ink done. No color. And I'm like, I'm trying to look at this. Like, I'm trying to, like, usually I can piece together some sort of a story with the visuals and stuff. Yeah. Totally lets me down. I know. Way too much going on in those frames. You, if if you ask me, I don't believe these are actual... You think frames. they're fake? I think they're fakes. You think Bly, Bly Dark Horse would have taken them down? Probably. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I'm... I'm and you as, know the, what? A as lot the administrator of Sitcoin, I have to say, I actually edited the news because the staff member who made that news <coughs> cracked out some, some comments such as the... the the, the the way that they're letting their facial hair, you know, grow like very thick, such as their bushy eyebrows and what's that have to do with anything? Well, in the like, didn't I send you the news? Like, this is badly written in French. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a bad news. Anyway, um, yeah, so you can go check it out. You don't have to read the French, but the pictures are there, and they speak for themselves in terms of quality. You know what? I really hope these aren't these aren't these aren't um, these aren't official because they're just so bad. I'm kind of scared. If this is what the comic is going to be like, there's way too much going on in that frame. Guys, look at look at classic Marvel comics. I love the Marvel Marvel comics, and they always knew how to frame properly. And how to tell a picture properly, tell a story in pictures, um, and that's pretty much it. Except for this kind of tiny related news, I'm really enthused. Uh, Futurama was canceled a few years ago, mm-hmm. and they always had like Star Wars references, and it was great. Uh, I, f- I just recently convinced James that Futurama is better than The Simpsons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd be willing to debate that, but yeah, yeah, Futurama was a pretty damn good show, and it's an awful shame it's canceled. Absolutely. They're coming out with a new t- 26 new episodes. Are you for real? Yeah. Awesome. It was just, uh, just awesome. announced on uh, In A Cool News. You can go check that out. I'm putting a link in the chat. All right. Well, go Matt Groening. And in the terms of uh, video game news, uh, Star Wars Gal- Galaxy's developers basically took a spring break uh, because there was nothing that just came out. And uh, the uh, Fire developer Tiggs... Uh, she got a job working for Dungeon and Dragons Online. She was fired for expressing her real feelings publicly, both in games and on the forums of uh, Sony Online Entertainment. So, congratulations. I've heard bad things about the, dun- the Dungeons and Dragons Online game, though. Uh, I was listening to Geeks on one of the players actually quit World of Warcraft and then got on Dungeons and Dragons so that he could get off 
so he could stop being addicted to MMORPGs because it's not that great. Ouch. I don't know. That's that's what I've heard. See, that's when you know it's going wrong. I think the life of MMORPG is sadly coming to an end after it even begun. And that's I just bad. started them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Dom. Oh, <laughs> Are you on WoW? Warcrack. It was yeah. Evercrack as the original. All right. Well, I've been a fan of the original Warcraft since the very, very beginning. So. Okay. Well, Warcraft 3 is the only game I can play on my Mac. Well, any of their stuff will work on Mac. That's why I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm still working for StarCraft 2. Yeah, me too. God Jesus damn. Christ. Can't wait for that. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to go to Audrey now, because I know she's got tons of news to tell us. And it's time for the wonderful Audrey to tell her news. Are you an angel? What? An angel. I heard the deep space pilots talk about Happening in fan audio this week. Jeff Rooney has delivered two new releases this week, one for which of one for each of his current productions. First, Tatooine TV number 27 has been released, featuring the segment Star Wars Survivor, a crossover between the film saga and the reality television show. Second, Ronnie's Own Radio, number 29, features discussion on Star Wars fan clubs, starting with the New Jersey Order with guests R.J. Ambrister and Anthony Porcelli. You know, every time I want to say New Jersey Order, I go to say New Jedi Order. It's just (laughs) ingrained in my soul. That's right. Anyways, um, there are three new mid-month releases. Uh, The first is uh, Fan Audio Made Easy, number 16. Featuring the second part of two-part tutorial on voice, voice actor casting for fan audio productions. I think I should look into that because I'm stumbling all over my words tonight. Um, second, Star Wars Bookies takes a look at Outbound Flight with guest Andrew Bettis. Third, Requiem of the Outcast minicast has returned with its second episode, hosted by Requiem of the Outcast point man, Rick um, Siegfried. Um, a brief note for listeners of uh, the Galaxy Report. The show's new regular time is on Saturdays at 11.30 p.m. Eastern. Also, if you've been looking forward to the Nathan P. Butler interview that was recorded a while ago but pushed back a bit, it's slated to be worked into the archive MP3 of the Galaxy Report number 30 when it is released later. It's not going to be aired live. And it actually should be coming out tonight. Yeah. Um, there's a brand new fifth edition of Rob uh, Mullen's Star Wars Expanded Universe Chronology, which is now available. Um, and uh, Razor's Edge Audio has quite a few things to let us know this week. In terms of radio shows, the three current ongoing uh, Razor's Edge Audio series will continue at least into 2007. Chrono Radio has ten episodes still to go before it ends in May 2007. Listeners should expect the regular episodes to continue airing in even-numbered months. Fan Audio Made Easy has a total of 20 or more, uh, 20 more episodes still to come. Of those remaining 20, all but four have been completed. Fans should expect to hear more tutorials from series creator Nathan P. Butler, along with multiple guest tutorials. 
Um, a 2007 follow-up to Fan Audio Made Easy is being considered, a standalone project that would show many of the Fan Audio Made Easy lessons in acting currently being tossed about under an acronym RAGE. More on this as it develops. Um, the Butler Universe is slated to continue with its oddball topics and infrequent release schedule. The show's focus will likely remain on editorials, the fan audio genre, and interviews. Among the episodes currently planned are a short uh, or a sort of introduction to Star Wars fan audio, a uh, companion to the fan audio history released already, yearly updates to the history of Star Wars fan audio episode, and possibly an introduction to Razor's Edge audio or a behind-the-scenes look at the creative process behind Echoes. Speaking of Echoes, uh, Razor's Edge audio's first full-length audiobook, the original story Echoes, uh, will launch on April 1st with a four-chapter release, followed by weekly releases of two chapters per week until reaching the 20th and final chapter. Feedback from a select group of preview listeners has been so positive that the sequel is being considered possibly for release in late 2006 or early 2007. The possible sequel concept is presently entitled Echoes Unity. And that's it for now. This week. StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars fan audio on the internet. It's your home for Star Wars fan audio genre news, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas, with behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, convention coverage, an internet movie database-style directory of the entire Star Wars fan audio community, and the only fan audio community-recognized Star Wars Fan Audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com. Fandom has a whole new sound. Every collector deserves the best. That's why our main goal at Federation Toys is to guarantee the highest quality items for the lowest prices. Yes, of course. Come by Federation Toys for Star Wars collectibles. Satisfaction guaranteed. Yes, my right. Roger, roger. All Star Wars and Direct listeners will get a 5% discount on their purchases. And welcome back to Star Wars Sound, the voice of Star Wars fandom, with this uh, collecting news uh, segment, which almost didn't happen, as I just heard. Uh, our dear friend Arnie and Marjorie, they've been uh, they've been struck with a devastating tempest. A tornado struck your uh, your your wonderful state. Well, that was actually a week ago, and so last week's almost didn't happen. Right after we did the show, we ended up spending the rest of the night in the basement. What were you doing? Just protecting the Star Wars goods, or were you actually well, hiding? The tornado it? didn't rip the house off. The sirens were going off. We were getting massive hail. Wow, it's crazy. We probably don't have tornadoes up there. Nope. Uh, well, we have some from time to time, but they're yeah. very small and very un- rare. unlike yours. Yeah, we didn't even get to see the Sopranos. That's how bad it was. Okay. With collecting news this week, the only real big news of the week, but it is big, is the Toy Fair Star Wars Bowl. Oh, yes. Have you guys talked about that yet? I'm afraid I haven't been in there. No, 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 I haven't. It is kind of... Disappointing? It's disappointing for us. Sad. You guys are probably going to be jumping out of your chair. 16 out of the 25 figures are EU. I can't wait. (laughs) 
I haven't it's decided what I'm going to vote for. You've got Anakin Solo, Jason Solo, Jaina Solo, Corrin Horn, Mara Jade Skywalker, and Naminor. But no Kip. <laughs> There's no Kip. Who cares? <laughs> I do. I don't. I'm happy. Fiber uh, from Knights of the Old Republic, the game. You've got Bastilla Shan, Darth Malak, Darth Nihilus, Darth Revan, and HK-47. They really go through the darks in the KOTOR series. That's a trendy name. Oh, it is. The name of our son. No. Darth Carvalho? No. <laughs> Three are from other comics. You've got Exar Kuhn, Quinlet, who's also from the novels, but also from the comics, both. But he's not a ghost, so I think he's really more from the comics. Comics. So Quin- What's that? Comics. Then Comics. you've got Quinlan Voss and Kirk Hanos. You've got from Dark Empire 2, they want another Kyle Katarn. There's one already, but you know, they want another. I, I hope they don't do my that. Wa- my wife's favorite figure, the Snow Bunny Padme from uh, the Clone Wars series. Sweet. Mad. From episode one, they want one figure, and that is Darth Maul. Another one. They haven't made Darth Maul yet, have they? No, not yet. No. Nope. I think they skipped they, it. They haven't made a shirtless Darth Maul, a cloth Darth Maul, a posed Darth Maul, a single lightsaber Darth Maul, a double lightsaber Darth Maul, a hood up Darth Maul, a hood down Darth Maul. They haven't made any of those, right? No, never. And, and they never made a uh, speeder bike Darth Maul either. Yeah. Or Darth Maul. Or holographic Darth Maul. Removes itself. <laughs> Yeah. From episode two, all they want is Padme in the black dinner dress. From episode three, they want the clone commander who kills Sasali, who I never liked. Okay. Um, commander well, Nevo. That's Commander Neo. Oh, yeah. okay. They wanted the clone commander who kills Kiati Mundi. Oh. That it looks like. I a, like him because he looks like a kind old man. It looks like a snow trooper who black in red underwear with his white snow <laughs> outfit. Yeah. It's a galactic marine. It's a galactic marine, and he's part of the 41st Elite. Whoa! And they want dead Padme, who I claim is the only Padme most Star Wars fanboys could ever score with. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going with that one, too. I agree, Arnie. From, from episode four, the series, the, the movie that started it all, no action figures are wanted. We've seen them all. <laughs> well, come on, what about Biggs in his Academy outfit from the cutscene? That would be cool. Okay, now you're really just stretching. That's that, that's like another one. Arnie, 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 we still have 18 years to go. you got to leave them some material. <laughs> From episode 5, there's one figure that people are demanding. Ice cream maker guy. He's he's right up there with Biggs in terms <laughs> of what, in, in the, I don't yeah. know, the fatigues there you're talking about. I, I, I don't, I really hope people don't choose the ice cream guy. Because that's... Episode 6, there's three they want. Hermie Adel from Java's Palace, Yarna Dagargan, which was Steve Sansweet's pick when we interviewed him a few weeks ago, the six-breasted dancer from Java's Palace. Yeah, he's, he's been going for her for, for over five years now. Well, he does have the prototype from the 80s. That's it. And super-articulated Luke Skywalker and Jedi Epic, because they haven't made a Jedi Luke from the final duel, right? Oh, wait. <laughs> Maybe they made one with an action feature, one without an action figure, one with a cloak, one without a cloak, one with a green saber, one for the special edition movie okay, release. Okay, you're geeking out. We get the point. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Marjorie. Arnie, I think you're you're, I think you're you're overloading everyone now. I think you you had too many figures in your life. 
You need to think of a garage sale now. Yes, yes, you will never part with any of it. You'll pry it from my cold dead <laughs> hands. <the rest. laughs> Are you sure? I am sure. You'll probably be buried with him. <laughs> now well, I know a lot will. of people are disappointed. I wanted the Obi Wan Kenobi and clone armor done right. A lot of people wanted Lando in the smuggler's outfit. You know, but I can't believe that some of these things made it. But I don't know. The one thing it does do is it sends a message to Hasbro, people want EU figures. But I I know I heard you guys getting all yay over the Solo kid, but if they make one, and just one, and you get Jaina Solo, what the hell are you going to do with it? I'm going to put it next to my mini kip on my computer. (laughs) We're going to pressure them to do Jason and then Anakin. That's right. That's it. It's a perfect plan, because if they release one, they're going to have to release the others. No, they won't. This is Hasbro. They'll release one and see how it sells. And if it sits on the peg the way it will... No, I don't think it will. It won't. Uh, They're going to do what they're going to do with Scorch. They'll put one per case, and they're going to fly off the shelves. And you know what's going to happen? all they did with the Duros, and he sat on the peg. That's because fans didn't really want a Duros. They give them four choices, and they were all crap. I do. (laughs) I do. I'm the goddess. I want Jaina. It doesn't matter. Because we all know who's going to win, Quinlan Voss, who they were making yeah. anyway. Yeah, Quinlan's going to win, I'm sure about it, too. But I've heard he's going to be an Entertainment Earth exclusive for later this year. But, hey, fans, let's shoot ourselves in the foot and just make it easier on Hasbro so they don't actually have to mold anything. That's right. Vote for Jaina. <laughs> no, but seriously, I think the EU figures, the ones that they came out with years ago, they're... When you find them, they're always super expensive. Yes, they are, especially if they're still like mint in, in the box. box. The the thing is that you know what? I think that Asbro's gonna have no choice but to go with EU series from now on, from time to time, and they're gonna be releasing probably an NGO series. They'll they're, they'll have like a Darkness series with a pregnant marriage or you know. You're dreaming, Seb. You are dreaming. I'm not but dreaming. I think happened. marketing, and that's exactly what the guys at Asbro are doing, and that's what's gonna happen. The, either that, or they're gonna their Star Wars license will be useless because they're gonna do oh, it's for the kids, and kids are gonna get tired of yep. Star Wars. They're not gonna care about Star Wars. They're never gonna make the the pregnant figure other than the Padme. And they're never going to make a whole wave devoted to a book series. Pregnant months of gonna, Star Wars. They're going <laughs> to pepper them around in the mo- with the movie figures, the way they did Scorch, and the way they're doing this Tals and the Coruscant wave. They're going to they'll sprinkle them around, but they, I, they will never do a new Jedi Order wave. Because I wish they were, because oh. I would totally buy a case. <laughs> yep, me too. They'll, they, they'll they'll reach outside the collectors, and that's they need to expand their mar- their, yeah. their their market. their base. Yep. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm just saying history has proven what Hasbro will and won't do. Wait, yeah. hold on, Marjorie. What page you're up to on Vector Prime? Oh well, um, uh, sixteen still. I, I oh. thought we, I thought we were going to get another sixteen pages. I I thought about reading it this. Week, but then I picked up the Pottery Barn catalog instead and picked out some stuff to buy. Marjorie, Marjorie, well, why don't Marjorie. you just go to the library and get the audiobook? How do you? I want hate that? books on tape. Oh my god, they put me to sleep. She doesn't even <laughs> need to go to the library. I have a complete collection of audiobooks. I, I committed to reading twenty pages this week, and I'm going going to do it. I hope so. We're adding 
the Vector Prime page watch to our website at ReviewStarWars.com. <laughs> so every day we will update to see how many pages she's actually mm-hmm. done. Somebody's going to shame me into reading this book. But yes, we are. I'm in pain. <laughs> but you know what's hilarious right now? If she picks up the Pottery Barnes catalog again, Arnie's going to make her listen to Vector Prime. She's going to fall asleep. So he's going to be able to not go to Pottery Barnes and waste the money on Star Wars action figures. It's okay. I have a diorama building injury right now. I don't have to go to Pottery Barn anyway. I'm walking with the cane. Yeah, he's oh. out of commission for a while. You have a Star uh, Wars injury? That's awesome. Yes. So, so it hurts, but if, that's something to tell your kids one day. If you see a man walking in a dark cloak with a cane, it's not the Emperor. It's Arnie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wish I had bought that Master Replica's cane, because I could actually use it right now. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, that's it from Below the Border this week, guys, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Take care. Bye. 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 This is Marjorie. And this is Arnie. We're the hosts of Star Wars Action News, Star Wars Collecting Podcast, and you are listening to Star Wars Under X. Welcome to this edition of the wonderful fandom, you know, what's happening in fandom, and that's the simple community update of Star Wars Direct. Of course, uh, we're looking at the uh, memorabilia show guest list, which is happening in the UK next week. Uh, it's going to be on uh, Saturday and Sunday, March 25th and the 26th. Saturday, you're going to be able to see Richard Parmentier, Rusty Goffey, Barry Holland, and Lightning Bear. Uh, on Sunday, you're going to be able to meet with Jerome Blake, Rusty Guffey, Barry Holland, and Lightning Bear again. Of course, the OK Garrison will be there uh, on patrol on both days. And also, don't forget, there's a grand prize of 250 pounds that's available for the best masquerade slash cosplay costume on Sunday. So you guys should definitely like go participate into that. Uh, I want to mention a little something that Arnie and Marjorie mentioned in their uh, in their collecting news: the uh, San Diego Comic Con figure has been uh, has been uh, announced and it's uh, the uh, black ops troopers the shadow trooper so it's a uh, basically a stormtrooper painted all in black so that's going to be the comic con action figure and maybe I'll get my hands on it this summer maybe maybe I know Brian will won't you I think so I got 2 weeks off I got 2 this weeks off <laughs> that's right Turn, turn, turn me in. It's just like, like take, put the knife in deeper and I'm deeper. I'm not getting paid though. Yeah, well, still, you can still save up quite a bunch of money till then. If the lady sitting right next to you don't take you out too often, you know, it's not she about quant- it's not about quantity time. It's all about quality time. And of yeah, course, you if spend you want a lot some of quality, quality time with yourself, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> and if you want to spend some quality time with some fan force in your areas, uh, we definitely uh, recommend that you go to the St. Louis March meeting, which is going to be next week. Uh, it's at uh, Shooks 1138 on the 25th. The uh, you can PM her for for uh, directions straight from the boards. 
The fun begins at 6 p.m. Bring your snacks and beverage of choice. If you have any question, let Jedi Rune you know uh, at uh, the board's user. And uh, for you can also drop by their uh, meeting thread over there. And uh, if you're around Springfield, Springfield, Massachusetts, uh, you can go into... Uh, no, sorry, Minnesota. Fanforce, Springfield, Minnesota. Uh, they will be holding its March meeting next uh, Sunday at the Battle Lane, Battlefield Lanes. And they will be there from 2 p.m. until, well, whenever they feel like leaving. If you're one of the lucky people who uh, score a Star Wars bowling ball during the Strike Force League, bring it and show it off. So uh, hopefully uh, you're going to have fun next weekend, guys. And uh, me, myself, and a bunch of uh, friends are going to be doing the uh, Minis League here in Montreal at Valet, which is at 10 on the 25th at uh, Valet Car. And on Sunday, of course, there's Star Wars on direct in French and in English. So, tons and tons of fun, of joy. And, of course, don't, don't forget to drop by all those wonderful con websites, such as Empire Day, which is at www.empireday.co.uk. The first guest has just been announced. However, uh, Empire Day is only going to be in September this year. So, this pretty much, I would say, conclude the community update for this March 19th, 2006. Hey, wait! What am I saying? Two weeks from now, ladies and gentlemen, there is going to be a Ballsalicious party that will be hosted at la- at Ad Astra. It's going to be live both Saturday night and, yes, that's right, Sunday night. We're going to be doing the show at the regular time and we're going to be live from Toronto and maybe a few of our Toronto Fan Force friends are going to be there. Does that mean I get a night off? Yeah, it does. Sweet. I'm going to listen to this show. All right. We're going to call you. Balls I'm going to be listening naked. I'll That's put right. a webcam. Okay. I'll be broadcasting Indeed. naked with Seb. Wait, is there going to be KY and Canada involved? Because um, now I'm not too sure anymore. That's debatable. <laughs> that's debatable? <laughs> Depends on out. how good you are. <laughs> I'm gonna be so and good, good is weekend. a relative term. <laughs> okay. Well, you know who's going to be at uh, at Astra next weekend, of course. Uh, well, not next weekend, but two weeks from now. Not only us, but Terry Brooks, the uh, author of the novelization for Star Wars Episode One. So if you want to come and just encourage our party, because we're definitely going in the party contest, and we're going to win like some sort of cool prize that hasn't been announced yet that really, really, really makes us want to win it. So what are you talking about? At Astra. Mm-hmm. We're in a party contest uh, competition. There's a party contest. Yeah. See, that's the kind of con you're going to. If there's a party contest, that means everybody's going to get really liquored up. Doesn't no. Much for some of us. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, I wasn't going to go there. Yeah, that's all right. But, well, you know... It was St. Patrick's Day yesterday, and I have to extend the it apologies. It wasn't yesterday, it was two days ago. It was two days ago. So schmuck. It was St. Patrick's Day on the 17th. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just because of, like, like it was yesterday. Shut up. <laughs> Stop digging. God damn it. You know what? Our Dublin correspondent is really, really, s- like, sorry he cannot come to the show tonight, but it's because of St. Patrick's Day. So. Okay, he's still beast. Actually, it's the rest of his family who's, who's still wasted. And because of that, he has to babysit so he can't come on the show tonight because of that. Oh, it sucks. So you know what, James? Happy St. Patrick's Day. Late. But you know what? We miss you. We're thinking of you. 
Yep. All right. Now we're going to go to a short sponsor break, and uh, we're going to be back, and we're going to be talking all about uh, Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. We're celebrating 26th year this year. And uh, right before we go to the break, Audrey, who's in the chat with us right now? There's Adalia, there's Admiral, there's AJ, there's Bezel, there's Koki171, there's Corporal Baudouin, there's the host. Now, would you say is that DJ Sham or DJ's Ham? (laughs) (laughs) I always get in trouble for all the way I pronounce that. So, anyways, there's Dukey13. There's E5150, there's Edna, there's Ecasera, Gambler, myself, Kit Fisto, uh, Left Elbow, Lunatic, M. Mathab, Simon Kenobi, <coughs> Skylover, Snakes, Star Wars Books, Star Wars Books 2, uh, Tiger Claw, Yolrik, uh, Vader San, and Wookie Mart. Wolverine! Alright. <laughs> and you know what, just because James keeps on pestering <coughs> me about it, Perfect, James. I'm not going to garam swear on this show. I told you. It's not going to happen. Hell damn fart. <laughs> Sab, what are you full of? Me? Yeah. Poop. <laughs> and not the good kind, believe me. Manure. <laughs> What's another word for all those words? Okay, I'm full Whoa, of shit. Yeah! <laughs> all right, we're going to listen to a few sponsors. We're going to be back with a very special guest, Derek McKee. And I'm going to be calling during that break. So just stay with us, and uh, you're going to be listening to Tatooine TV number 27 and 28. And a little something, which is a preview of what's coming up next week. For years, sci-fi fans have toiled at making fan films, podcasts, and goofy flash animations to obscure techno music. They work hard. Give them their props. Watch, listen, and talk back. <clears throat> At planetfandom.com. <laughs> the future. A world ruled by corruption, lawlessness, and fear. The perfect place for mercenaries to do what. Mercenaries do. But for one mercenary, know my name. that's about to change. On February 15th, Star Knight Interactive presents a podcast unlike any you've ever heard. J. Marcus Xavier's They said the future would be paradise. They were wrong. Some material may not be suitable for younger listeners. SilentUniverse.com Alright, welcome back to uh, Emerald Legacy Show. And today we're going to make some some special that you probably never had before. Now, uh, we're going to start with some Star Wars characters, uh, Star Wars worlds, you know, Star Destroyer, that kind of thing. So we're going to put that in the in the bowl here. And then we're going to get some entertainment icons like Dr. Phil, Oprah, Michael Moore. Well, you need a bigger bowl for Michael Moore. But anyway, you know, uh, entertainment icons, we're going to put some of that in there. Bam! Now, here is some Tatooine TV for you. Okay, let me uh, get some. Yeah. Hmm. 
You know, uh, it tastes awful, really. But it's funny. So we're just going to play it today, and, you know, you make up your mind. But anyway, bam, here it comes. Tatooine TV. People dropped on Gabagon. Six Sith Lords, six Rebels, 24 days, and only one to survive. Welcome back to Survivor, baby. I'm your host, Lando. Well, it's not looking too good for the Sith tribe. After dominating in the early rounds, they now had to go to four tribal councils in a row. The Rebel tribe is already down to three. Admiral Akbar. Thank goodness we won last week's food challenge. Everyone was starting to see me for the shellfish I really am. Princess Leia. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. You should have thought of that before you voted me off. And Yoda. We're 900 years old. You reach. Survive as well. You will not. Hmm? The Sith tribe is also down to three players. Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith. If I could survive having my legs and arm cut off, having my children hid from me, watching my mother die in front of me, and never knowing who my father was, I can survive this. Darth Maul, mysterious horn, Dark Lord. I really wanted to work at one of those Sears portrait studios, but they have this policy against tattoos. Also, they said I was too soft-spoken to work with kids. And Darth Sidious, evil emperor of the Sith Lords. They will never vote me off. Without me, Vader would still be barbecuing, and Maul would be in a hot dog stand on Mustafar. The Sith need a win today to get immunity and stay alive. Last week, rebel tribesman Admiral Akbar outswam Sith Lord Sidious through the Dagobah swamp. Let's go, Akbar. Win you must. Yes. Come on, my master. The lobsters win. I'm going as fast as I can. You call yourself a Sith Lord. Yeah? Let me see you hop in the water and outswim a lobster in your robes. But Sidious avoided elimination when he used the fourth to make Count Dooku eat all the tribe's reserved food. This is outrageous. I was free. Dooku, the tribe, hath spoken. Tatooine TV, episode 27, is a Jeff Roney Designs production. Got blue milk coming out of your nose? Maybe you've been listening to Tatooine TV. Smooth, fresh, lactose, and fat-free. Tatooine TV, very, very funny Star Wars audio parodies. Only available at www.jrdonline.com.
people drunk on Jagger Six Sith Lords, six rebels, 24 days, and only one to survive. Welcome back to Survivor, baby. I'm your host, Lando. The survivors are gathered, ready for this week's challenge. What is thy bidding, Calrissian? Both tribes are to enter the tree cave. It is a place of evil. You will find in there only what you take with you. That doesn't sound too hard. Yeah, and if we get too hungry, we can eat you. Stay in the cave as long as you can. The last survivor to remain wins immunity for his team. I'll be out here drinking Colt 45. Survivors ready? Go! The survivors have only been in the cave 20 minutes now. Well, this isn't so bad. Do you guys smell something? Ew! Smells like the inside of a tauntaun. Oh, that's right. Who ripped that one? Well, don't look at me. It was Yoda. How could this happen? We only face what we bring in here. A bean burrito? What a... Yoda is the last. So, Rebels, you have immunity. Razor's Edge Audio presents Echoes, an original podcast novel by Nathan P. Butler. Chapter 1, All Wrapped Up. One by one they fell, forming, dangling, releasing, plunging to the surface below, splattering in all directions on impact, the equivalent of a liquidic mass suicide. The echoes of the drips barely reached the next room, lost as they were among the tiles and porcelain of the suite's ornate bathroom. A room away, another potential jumper slid open the door to the balcony, stepping out to look down on the hustle and bustle of Atlanta. She wondered, not for the first time, if she might survive the fall if she finally gathered up the nerve to take the plunge. Thirty stories was a long way down, but the human body, even one as petite as hers, was a resilient creation. The god she hadn't believed in since she was a child had certainly crafted sturdy forms in his supposed image. Down at street level, a pair of SUVs nearly struck at the nearby intersection. She hadn't been in the city for very long, so the street names escaped her. Probably Peachtree Street, or Boulevard, or Avenue... Everything in this urban sprawl seemed to be some kind of peach tree. As her mother would have said, things down south were always just peachy. She laughed at herself at the recollection and the absurdity of the pun. In that moment, her resolve broke. She stepped back from the rail, as she had a hundred times before in hotels in New York, Atlanta, and most frequently Washington, D.C. She knew she wouldn't jump. It wasn't the fall she was afraid of. She was simply afraid of missing her last chance, yet another last chance, to make things right with Simon. She loved him, and as much as that love was tearing down her life day by day, it was also the one thing that kept her alive, night by night, looking out from the balconies rather than launching herself from one of them. She turned and went back inside, sliding the door closed behind her. She tiredly scooped up the television remote from the bed, shutting off the night's barrage of bad tidings from the local news. What was it about being in a big city that caused people to regress to little more than animals with advanced weaponry? The answer to that question would have made life much easier for Simon. 
Debates over the newest gun control bill he'd introduced had half the Senate ready to strangle him with his own designer neckties. She sighed, letting her thoughts out in a breath. The suite was silent but for the frequent dripping of water in the bathtub. She followed the sound, entering the bathroom and running the tub water, turning the steady dripping into a loud flow. She considered a cold shower, something to force her nerves to feel at least momentarily alive, but decided against it. Perhaps the steam could clear away some of her mental fog. The last time she'd seen him, he'd been angry with her. He'd forgotten that she'd made plans for Thanksgiving to spend time with her family in New York. It wasn't her fault, but his annoyance at having to rearrange his schedule had caused another spat, leaving her to stay another night at the hotel while he took the first flight out of Hartsfield International back to the nation's capital. With no one there to see her, she left the door cracked and switched the tub over from the bath faucet to the shower head, then slipped out of the pink silk gown he'd bought her and slinked into the running water, sliding the shower curtain closed behind her. Three minutes into the shower, she still hadn't done more than simply stand with the near-scalding water running over her head and shoulders, coursing down past her feet toward the drain. The steam wasn't doing anything for her mood, but she could concentrate on the growing sting on her shoulders rather than her more pressing concerns for the moment. Her eyes closed against the flow of the water. The moment was nothing but darkness and the sting. Allowing the water to course past her ears, blocking out nearly all other sounds, was her first mistake. Her second mistake was closing her eyes she wouldn't have the chance to make another conscious error. By the time she noticed the flutter of the shower curtain, it was already too late. From outside the curtain, it was being yanked downward, ripped free of the rings holding it to the curtain rod. Before she could acknowledge what was happening, the curtain was being pushed toward her, wrapping around her, surrounding her naked body, encircling her. It closed around her like a spider's web cocooning its prey. She tried to struggle against it, but her arms had been pinned to her sides, her legs held together mummy-like. She twisted against the curtain's slippery grip, the grip of whomever had entered what should have been a private suite. As she did so, the grip simply tightened. There was no way she was going to squirm her way out of the mass of curtain without her assailant allowing her to do so. Nevertheless, her instinct screamed at her to keep trying. She twisted one final time, feeling her feet slip on the wet surface beneath her. She could sense herself falling without being able to see more than the flashes of light and shadow coming through the wrapped curtain. As she fell backwards, it began to unwrap, offering a slim chance of escape, a chance that was abruptly stricken from the realm of possibility as the back of her head came crashing down on the rim of the tub. In less than a second, all was darkness. Her eyes fluttered open, faintly searching around her for the source of the warmth stinging her body below the shoulders, and a similar yet different warmth felt on the back of her neck. In an instant, she came back to her senses, fully aware of what had just taken place. With a start, she pushed her arms away from her, lifting the shower curtain up from her body. It wouldn't move entirely off of her, for reasons that were quickly apparent. Whether caused by her own feet during her slip, or at her attacker's direction, the drain to the tub had been closed, allowing the scalding shower water to continue pouring in to fill the tub to near overflowing. That accounted for the hot water all around her body, while pooling of water on top of the curtain while she was unconscious explained its inappropriate weight to top her now. Weak as she was, made somewhat more lightheaded by the hot water and the steam, she was able to do little more than push the closest end of the curtain up enough above her head to create a tint effect of sorts. She looked down, studying herself, then freed a hand from the curtain to survey her lower regions. No pain, nothing unusual. So whoever had attacked her hadn't been going for rape. That was good news, all things considered. That meant that the red tint in the water that could only be her own blood must be coming from somewhere else. She touched the back of her head with her free hand, coming away with crimson fingers. She must have cracked herself pretty hard when coming down on the tub. Of course, she chastised herself, that should have been a given. Otherwise, she wouldn't have spent, what, minutes, an hour, unconscious. She listened beyond the sound of the shower water continuing to rain down on the curtain and could discern no trace of the intruder. 
She was certain that her cell phone was still resting next to the sink nearby. She listened for another minute, still hearing nothing out of the ordinary, before finally putting both hands to the curtain she was holding up and pushing against it to bring it clear of the water. She leaned up, the curtain halfway out of the water above her eye level, and was slammed back down into the water by her unseen assailant from the other side of the curtain. This time, her head missed the tub's edge, plunging her underwater instead. She pushed up, thrashing with legs and arms, twisting all she could manage under the oppressive weight. It pressed on her chest between her breasts and against her stomach. She tried to lean her head forward, but found the pressure on her chest lessened as the grip moved to her neck, pushing down with force nearly enough to crush her windpipe. She gasped, sucking in the blood-tainted water. After what felt like an eternity in a watery purgatory just this side of hell, she began to lose feeling, and purgatory bled away into nothingness. When the curtain was lifted from her to lay beside the tub, she might have been relieved, but she'd never feel anything again. Galactic Hunter, the place where you can find the latest Star Wars collectible news from all around the world. From the Hasbro and Kenner lines of action figures, to comics, games, prop collectibles, and events, everything is covered and reviewed. Join our fan community in the Bounty Hunter Collective forums and find all your bounties at www.galactichunter.com. Galactic Hunter, keeping collectors on target. At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by our team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. And welcome back to Star Wars Underreg, the voice of Star Wars fandom. And we are going straight into our main subject right now, with, uh, which is actually Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back, celebrating 26 years of, because in a few weeks, like in a few months, but a few weeks, plural, uh, we're going to be celebrating the release of The Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars, and of course Return of the Jedi. And um, tonight... We have someone very special with us. Um, you might not know him because he didn't actually play in any Star Wars movies, but he actually hung around the Star Wars movie crowd very much. Um, I don't want to spoil the best, one of the best story, <coughs> funny story he has concerning Princess Leia. I'm gonna let him let him go with that eventually. But I would like to give a warm welcome to the show to Derek McKee. Welcome to the show, Derek. Hi, thank you. Nice to be here. And uh, so, just so people know who you are and where you come from, you're the owner of Cool Waters Production, and you actually manage actors when they go to conventions, such as the Canadian National Expo, and I'm guessing probably some conventions such as Comic-Con? Exactly, yeah. Pretty much any in, in the world that you would see one of our clients at, it has, you know, it has come through our company and... And we usually accompany, you know, the celebrities to the event to make sure that everything runs smoothly. Um, so anytime someone sees one of our clients at a show, it was our company that set it up. Okay. And when we're talking your clients, we're talking about a f really big list of people. We're talking about Mark Hamill, Carrie yeah, Fisher. Yeah, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Billy D. Williams, Warwick Davis, Matthew Wood. I mean, the list goes on and on. We've um, 
we actually started our company uh, about eight years ago, and the only two clients we had were Billy D. Williams, who plays Lando Calrissian, and Warwick Davis, who played Wicked the Ewok. Um, and then since then, by their word of mouth and through word of mouth at Lucasfilm, because we work directly with Lucasfilm, um, you know, people would either contact us or we would contact them and say, hey, we've heard about your company, we'd like to learn more, you know, we'd like to go to these conventions, can you help us out? And to date, we now represent over 40 actors from the science fiction realm, and it includes Star Wars, Aliens, Alien vs. Predator, um, Batman, Harry Potter. So, you know, it's a, it's a great list of people that we have in our, in our, in our clientele. All right. And uh, on top of this, you're also the uh, producer and director of some indie films. And, yes, uh, we have, right, our company, Cool Waters Productions LLC, which is the name of our company, actually has two divisions. It has a PR division, which is a public relations division, and that is the division that actually works with the, the actors from Star Wars that you're speaking of. And, and the second part of it is a production company, um, which is really how my company started, because uh, I moved to Los Angeles about 11 years ago to become an actor myself. And in the process of doing that, you learn very quickly here in Hollywood that you, you don't just show up at a casting director or a director's door and, and you know, wow them with some audition. You, it's, a, it's a very grimy and gritty place to be, and it's a lot of competition. So in, in the years, I have discovered that, you know what, if you're going to do something, you've got to do it yourself. So we, we have a production company that um, produces uh, independent films, and right now we actually just called Picture Lock. Picture Lock is something that a director says when he has when he's happy with the final edit of a film, when we've cut all the stuff out that we don't want. So uh, three days ago we called Picture Lock on a film called Instant Badge, which is a film that I directed and I have a and I have a starring role in. And we should be premiering it in Los Angeles the last week of April. So we're very excited about that. And we actually, it's a, it's a funny tie-in, if I could just add to that. Because of the, co the clientele that we have and the people that we are connected to, um, we actually had two people from Star Wars who helped out on Instant Dads. We have director Irving Kirshner, who, of course, you and your listeners will know, directed The Empire Strikes Back. He actually served as a post-production uh, consultant for us. Um, he basically watched the film a couple of times with us and gave us his opinions on how to make it a better, you know, a more tight film to tell the story that we wanted to tell. So I was very blessed to have his input on the film. And then we also have Matthew Wood, who you and your listeners will know is the voice of General Grievous from Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. And he is actually doing the sound for our film because he works up at Skywalker Sound. And he's going to be doing the post sound for us so that it's, you know, we get some really nice sound effects and it's that uh, digital quality for theatrical distribution. And actually, Matt has a cameo in the movie. He actually has a couple of little lines uh, in the movie which we gave him as a thank you. So we shot his, uh, we actually shot the film back in April of last year, but we shot his stuff in November of last year. So it was kind of quite a stretch. So it all kind of ties in together when you have, you know, I guess. I guess a lot of it is luck, um, and I'm very privileged to have these people working with me on that film. 
Well, uh, I was just going through the Instant Dads webpage, and uh, I was I was just seeing Matthew Woods, and he also uh, worked on the special edition of uh, the original trilogy when they came out to redo the sound a little bit as well. Yes, uh, Matthew did right, and actually Matthew is currently working on the films right now because, um, as most people have heard on the internet, um, they're going to be releasing the films in 3D. And Matthew is actually going back in now and doing the sound for those as well. So his life in Star Wars has not ended, even though all the films have been shot and, you know, are on DVD now. There's still some more surprises coming from Lucasfilm and their team. So I think a lot of Star Wars fans out there will be very excited to see the things that are coming up, you know, from the Star Wars world anyway. All right. Well, I think that's very, very good news for us to hear. Um, and you know, speaking, if I if I may just interject, because you said you were checking out my website, you should yeah. totally have your listeners go to my website so that they can learn, you know, more about my company. And of course, the clients. We're very happy to push our clients. And then I would love people to to check out the film instant ads and, and email us with their opinions. So that's right. But um, guess what? If it's okay with you. Can I give Can I give the website? Well, guess what? I just actually put the website into the chat room. But I think for, for the people who are listening to the podcast, you should just tell them where to go. Okay, it's very simple. Well, it's not simple. Well, you know what? Just do this. Go to www.coolwatersprods.com. That's C O O L. W-A-T-E-R-S-P-R-O-D-S dot com. And if for some reason someone didn't get it, just put Cool Waters in any Google search or Yahoo search, and our website will be in there somewhere, and you can find it. All right. You can also go to directmackie.com, which is your website personal. Yes, my, my name, D-E-R-E-K-M-A-K-I, DerekMackie.com, and it'll give you links to um, the Cool Water site as well as my acting and my films as well. That's it. So we're going to go straight into the interview now, because okay. that's what you're here for tonight. Yes. <laughs> um, where were you back in 1980 when Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back came out? You know, in 1980, I was in my little hometown of Lemonster, Massachusetts, which is out on the East Coast, and I actually remember the first day going to see The Empire Strikes Back. I had asked my mom, you know, we had seen the commercials on TV. We went to this little small town theater, which is a couple towns over, and it was a really trashy theater. I don't know how this place stayed in business as long as it did, but I remember sitting down... Um, and watching the entire film, and I wouldn't let my mom leave until all the words and all the music had scrolled up across the screen because I wanted to have, I wanted to experience the entire film from start to finish. And uh, and then I remember afterwards it was so cool because the theater was actually um, handing out some little um, programs, and then their bathroom was even decorated. They had the Star Wars wallpaper all over it, and it was basically like your Star Wars experience didn't end as soon as the movie was over, which was really nice. But I was blown away by the film, which I think I think everyone was, because I, in the six films that have existed now, I think hands down, and most everybody will agree, that Empire Strikes Back truly was the best, because, I mean, first of all, it's so dark, and you get to see Darth Vader be the ultimate villain, and he just pulls, you know, there's no punches. You can't, you can't stop him, and I just think it was a fantastic fantastic portrayal and then of course when you know the introduction of yoda which you know was such a a highly 
uh, guarded secret for the longest time, and then to finally see him brought to life on stage uh, with Frank Oz puppeteering him, I mean, it was just mind-boggling. And uh, that's like, from, from when I was younger, The Empire Strikes Back is like burned within my memory. I will never forget going to see that film. All right. And was that like one of your first actual... Uh, interaction with the Star Wars universe, or were you already a Star Wars fan back then? Oh, no, I was already a follower. I was a follower since the first film, because I went to see the first film, God, when I was, how old was I? I think it was either six, I was five or six, I think, when the first film came out, and I can even remember that, that day as well, like it was yesterday, and I was hooked from the very first time that I saw the film, and, you know, I made my mom buy all the toys, and, you know, and, and I think the most bizarre thing When I look back, especially since I'm talking to you guys now, when I look back, and, and, and like I watched The Empire Strikes Back, and you know, I'm totally enthralled with Lando Calrissian. He was, he was so cool. And I'm so enthralled with like the directing, even though back then I didn't quite understand what directing was, but I understood that, you know, somebody made the movie. If anybody had told me back then to say, hey Derek, in 20 years, you're going to become friends and you're going to work for half the people that you're watching right now on screen, I would have never believed it. Because, I mean, it, no one would. If you told a, a 10-year-old kid that they were going to work with Lando Calrissian and Princess Leia in the future, you wouldn't believe it. You'd be like, no way. There's no way I'm ever going to meet these people. But, you know, I've been blessed in my life to be able to be part of the Star Wars universe, you know, in some small way. And I'm really appreciative to, you know, to the people that I've met and I, I truly am a blessed individual, I must say. All right. And um, would you say that your experience with Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back made you a bigger Star Wars fan? Oh, without a doubt, absolutely. I think, I think watching Empire probably solidified me as, as a permanent fan, whereas the first film... It was more like, oh, this is cool, you buy some of the toys, and, you know, you still liked other movies like Star Trek, and, you know, there were other things there that you were a fan of, but once Empire Strikes Back came out, I think, mo like, I dedicated all of my collection, you know, to, uh, and, and, and toy enjoyment to just the Star Wars universe, and, I, and like that, you know, I'm 33 years old now, and I've been like that ever since, and it was Empire that did it. And would you say it somewhat helped you um, choose your career? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. I've, w I've wanted to be uh, an actor since I was about seven years old, but after seeing a film like The Empire Strikes Back, I was I, I wanted to be so much of, of not just the Star Wars universe, but the Hollywood the Hollywood universe. And it, yes, it, it's true. It, as I became older and realized going into film school and seeing what actually goes into making a film, because it's more than just the actors, then you have such a better appreciation for the special effects wizards that are in it, and the producers, and of course the director. And, you know, I was completely inspired my entire life by George Lucas and Irving Kirshner, uh, James Cameron, of course, you know, for, for Terminator and the Aliens film. You know, just, they have such incredible vision. And you can't help but be inspired, especially when you want to be in this business, because it's almost like you want to be a protege of them, or it's almost like you want to prove to them, you know, that, that they've inspired you enough to move on. 
you know, it, it's funny. When I, uh, a couple months back, George Lucas received the, um, the AFI Lifetime Achievement Award. I don't know if you guys got the broadcast there. Yeah. Um, but, it was, you know, it's very big here in the United States. And basically, it's, uh, this award is bestowed upon someone in Hollywood. And they, it's a big process to get actually nominated and then to win the award. And I was actually invited to go to the award ceremony because of all my contacts you know, with the Star Wars people in Lucasfilm. And, you know, we walked the red carpet and did the interviews there, and all I kept telling everybody who was interviewing me was, you know, I can't wait to go up to George and just thank him for his inspiration. And sure enough, later that night, when the award ceremony was over and we were all mingling, when I got to go up to George, it was, you know, he really has no idea what I'm thanking him for, but just the fact to be able to thank someone of his magnitude for being such an inspiration in my life. Yeah. It, it just, I mean, you know, I could have died that night completely happy. I mean, it was just an incredible experience. So, <laughs> I guess, I guess there's a little bit, there's a little part of us who would really want to walk the red carpet, and you got to walk it around with George Lucas of all people. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess you can count yourself in the pretty, pretty lucky people. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And. um Now that you've actually done your own PR company and your production company, would you consider yourself a bigger Star Wars fan now that you actually met all those Star Wars stars and talked with them and exchanged stories with them and had some very special moments, uh, such as the one with Princess Leia I was referring to that you know what I'm talking about? Well, you know, I've had a few experiences with Princess Leia now at this point. I'm, I'm... You actually will have to refresh my memory as to which one you want me to tell, because I... I would, like to tell you, I would like you to tell the art one, where, where she picked up a big marker and just went all over your head. Because oh for my God! You're talking about what, in London. Oh, geez, that wait, was wait, hilarious. Wait, because, okay. because we, yes, we, we must, have to oh, tell... Okay, let me answer your question first. First of all, okay. I, I think I will be a Star Wars fan until the day I die. I think it's pretty much it's a part of who I am. Uh-huh. I don't think that there's any way that I will ever not like Star Wars. I, I, it's just an incredible, it's an incredible property overall. So that that answers that question. Now, in, re in reference to your story, that's right. But just wait, wait, wait. Like for people listening to the show right now, we have to tell you that if Derek was a Star Trek fan, it, he could pretty much dress up like Patrick Stewart as Captain Picard, and he would fit the role. Um, So go on. Yes. Okay. Well, for those for the, for the listeners who don't quite get it, um, it's actually because I have a bald head. I shaved my head, or I was shaving my head at that time. Well, what it was is we went to London for a convention, and it was actually the, fir uh, the, the first time that Carrie Fisher was going over there to make an appearance. So as you can imagine, you know the lines were outrageous. And Carrie, she's very public about about this. Carrie suffers from uh, a disease called uh, ADD, which is an acquired, um, what is it, acquired deficit, uh, attention, attention deficit right, disorder. Deficit disorder. Basically, what it is, is she has a very short attention span. And I think actually, it's partly what makes her such a brilliant actress is because she's so witty and on it all the time. Well, anyway, the reason, I, the reason I'm telling that to your listeners is for the ones that out there that don't know it is when we were sitting in London at the table, as you can imagine, you're sitting there for eight hours nonstop except to have a break either to go to the bathroom or for lunch. So 
she's sitting there, and towards the end of the day, she kept hitting my arm and hitting my arm, and she's like, Derek, I'm bored. I'm bored. And I'm like, okay, Carrie, I understand, but, you know, we have about another 40 minutes here. You can't get up and leave yet. And she, she's like, well, let me just draw on your head. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to let you draw on my head. Why do you want to do that? And she's like, because I'm bored, and it'll make me happy. I kept saying, no, no, you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. So we went, and she actually ended up signing two hours past the time that she was supposed to be there. So that made it even worse. So the, the original 40 minutes turned into two hours and 40 minutes, and apparently every 15 minutes she kept telling me, come on, I want to draw on your head, I want to draw on your head. Well, at the end of the day, she was so ex- I think we were all exhausted, but she was like so exhausted beyond belief, and there were just a few fans standing around, and my mom was there as well with the video camera. And Carrie just picks up a pen, and she goes, well, I don't want to say the word that she said, but anyway, it's a nasty word. And she's like, blanket, I can't take this anymore. I am so frustrated and bored. Give me your head. And she grabs my, the back of my neck and with all her might slams my head down onto the table. <laughs> I would not have had a choice but to go along with it. <laughs> and then she held me down and with a Sharpie, which is permanent ink, decides to draw scribble marks all over my head because the princess was bored that's the reason she did it and of course i there's people out there that i guarantee have pictures of this from london and they probably showed all their friends and my mom is standing there with the video camera laughing she wasn't helping she wasn't telling carrie to stop she was just laughing and of course i'm sitting there so i have half my head completely in blue sharpie with scribbles all over the place and then carrie stood up and goes oh i feel so much better now let's go eat and then she puts the cap on the pen throws it on the table and goes and leaves for the exit to get in the limo to go to the restaurant and i'm like standing around everyone's staring at me and i'm like i can't go to the restaurant with with this you know sharpie marker all over my head and I had to actually walk through the convention to go tell the promoter that we were leaving. So I've got like, what, uh, you know, a few hundred people just, you know, completely doing the double take. Like, what's with this guy and this drawing on his head? And it's like, <laughs> I've had the privilege of having Princess Leia do an artistic piece on my head. That's right. Well... And she, just so that you know and your listeners know, <laughs> I work with over 40 actors. Carrie is the only actor that would get away with that because if anyone else tried it I would have to kill them but because it's Carrie I let it slide and it makes for a good story so it's cool <laughs> I'm so not sure about that because I saw you last year at uh, SFX here in Canada with uh, Matthew Wood and uh, yep. you you seem like such an easygoing guy and such a cool person to work with I mean I remember all the time that we spent during the convention was so great and I, I hope, I can only hope that this year again you're going to be coming back. But I hope so, yeah. But we can't really tell right now. Right. So um, the question that comes to mind, do you have any inside stories about The Empire Strikes Back that our listeners wouldn't know about? Wow. Well, you know what? I'm in... I do have stories, but the problem is... <laughs> Some of the stories are like privileged information that I wouldn't, you know, as clients, when you're with these people and you become their, they tell you stories and there's certain things that wouldn't be allowed to be said. Okay. Because I wouldn't want to insult anybody. Um, 
wow, I, man, I wish I could share something with you. I mean, I know Mark <laughs> Hamill, he was doing his, when he was doing his um, lightsaber sequences, um, he did get his wrist. Um, did get sprained because uh, the the stunt uh, uh, the stuntman uh, Paul Anderson who was playing Darth Vader in those scenes uh, hit him. So Mark um, Mark wasn't too thrilled about that. Um, I'm trying to. I mean, there's so many stories running through my head right now. I wish there was something. I could but you have to filter start. them. That's it. But that that's already a good story right there. Well, there you go. Yeah. I mean, little Luke spraying his wrist, playing with his lightsaber. Exactly. So that's not good. No. You know what we can do? Because um, I know that I told you that I had a client who was willing to um, to be called tonight to talk to your listeners. That's right. Um, did. I don't know if you've told anybody who it is yet, so I won't say his name. But I know that he has a story. Really? Um, from the Empire Strikes Back regarding him uh, and Frank Oz, which I'm sure he would be more than happy to share with you guys. Okay. Should, well, should, I, should I try to get him on the line for you? Sure. Well, we haven't introduced him, so while you're trying to get him on the line, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this, this mystery guest of honor that we are, we're going to be receiving tonight, hopefully, on okay. Star Wars on the Rack. Uh, his name is David Barclay, and he was the assistant puppeteer to Frank Oz in The Empire Strikes Back. So he basically puppeted Yoda. And then he moved on to Return of the Jedi, where he puppeted, of course, Jabba the Hutt, and again, I'm guessing Yoda. He also did some incredible work in Dark Crystal by Jim Anson, and some other incredible movie that you might have heard of, like, you know, Labyrinth, uh, Team America, World Police, if you remember that wonderful classic of the past few years. America, fuck yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, um, Derek? So whenever you're ready, he we're, is here with us. We're ready now. We, we, we are proud to introduce to Star Wars on Direct, David Barkley, the assistant puppeteer to Yoda in Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. Hi, this is Dave. Hi, Dave. How are you doing? Good, good. Welcome to the show. It's an honor to, to uh, have you right now. Very much a big surprise for us tonight and a big surprise for our listeners as well. So we were just talking to Direct about the old Empire Strikes Back phenomenon back in the 1980s. And you actually got to work with Frank Oz as his assistant to Yoda Puppeteer. Now, how thrilling must that have been for you? Well, it was, it was amazing. I had um, a lucky opportunity to meet Stuart Freeborn, who um, was pretty much the cutting edge of what became animatronics. Animatronics had not yet quite been invented uh, during the time of Empire Strikes Back. So I got a chance to be part of the team to um, build Yoda. And then when Frank Oz came in, I got a chance to be also part of the team to puppeteer Yoda. I was 19 years old, and it was, com it was a dream come true. And, and that was your first, your first big job, we might say. Yes, yes. It was my first uh, feature film. I had done some TV work back in the UK, but this was my first movie. I was a huge Star Wars fan as well. I'd um, actually built a, a Chewbacca mask um, myself um, for my own pleasure, <laughs> all, all mechanized and everything, pretty much like the same kind of um, work that I was going to go on to do, but um, still very much uh, just a, a young sort of teenager doing that kind of stuff. But I think that sort of gave Stuart some confidence in, in my ability to be part of that team. And um, But to be asked to work on the sequel to the biggest movie in history, which it was at the time, was just, just it was fantastic. That's right, because when you first saw Star Wars, you were but a 16-year-old lad, and three years afterwards, 
there you are, actually working with the biggest Jedi Master in the Star Wars galaxies, Yoda. It must have been really thrilling for you. And then, you're actually asked to come back with Frank Oz and help him, help him out in Return of the Jedi. Yes, that's right. Well, um, um, after Empire, I went to do some work on the Dark Crystal for the Jim Henson Company and worked with Frank a lot of... Um, on the on the build and the performance side of his characters on 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 that movie, um, when Return of the Jedi came up, I um, was approached by Stuart again to be involved, and uh, by Robert Watts, the producer, and um, my my responsibilities on Jedi were a little more um, weighty. I, I was responsible for Yoda on set and had to make sure that he looked right and um, um, built special limbs and arms for him. Stuart Freeborn and his son Graham had already completed the head before I got on the production so the, the, the new, the brand new head for Return of the Jedi was um, already made by the time I got on um, but the, all the body needed to be made so I made special arms, special walking stick arm for Yoda so um, all the um, his jointed arms would work really nicely this time, an improvement on Empire and um, made special um, internally controlled mechanical legs for when Yoda gets into the bed and um, again worked with Frank and uh, Mike Quinn and David Greenaway um, bringing Yoda to life for Jedi. Okay. How does one actually become a puppeteer in such movies? Um, an awful lot of luck, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, these days, I think there's, there's more of an opportunity to um, get involved in some of the effect shops. Um, and certainly, um, Jim Henson was, was somebody back in when I started who was a real supporter of puppetry and of animatronics. And... Um, pretty much developed all of all of the the technology that most people are using today and uh, I got an opportunity to um, to see him my break I was working in a toy store in London believe it or not and while I was away at, at a lunch break uh, Mark Hamill came in wanting to buy some toy um, marionette puppets string puppets um, which was what was that was my responsibility in the store for that particular period of time and um, from that strange consequential um, not meeting Mark um, about a year later when he came back to actually film Empire he got back in touch and uh, I got a chance to meet him and he introduced me to uh, Stuart Freeborn so that's how this puppeteer got involved in movies by um, strange um, almost um, unconnected way of getting into the movie industry um, other, other friends of mine have just spent many many years training, training themselves as puppeteers um, and um, building up a skill base um, and some, some people can also go and study university these days uh, when I was at school in England there, was, there wasn't a university plan for animatronics in fact we were inventing it during Empire and, and uh, Dark Crystal and Jedi like back then you, you already mentioned that you were a big Star Wars fan Yeah. did, you, did, did, did it actually made you a bigger Star Wars fan to work on the Star Wars uh, original movies? Yes, it did. Yes, I mean, uh, it it was. It, I saw the films through different eyes, though, because um, certainly by the time I was involved in Jedi and I was chief puppeteer for Java on, on Jedi, I was looking at the characters and the the movie making process in a different way. So, um, still a big big fan of, of that original trilogy, um, and um, a lot of my friends now uh, have worked on that. So, people that I've uh, I've kept in contact with over the last twenty five sort of almost 30 years now and um, so there's, there's a lot of personal memories connected with the films that I worked on um, rather than just being a viewer if you know what I mean 
Yeah. Hey, David. Yeah. Um, the inter- uh, the guys were asking me before you came on to um, to share some like uh, behind the scenes secrets types of things that someone might not have known from reading interviews and stuff. Um, and I was wondering if you could share with his, with their listeners um, on Empire Strikes Back. Um, I don't want to give it away. I want you to tell the story. But basically, uh, you were telling me when Frank had to leave. Right. What I'm referring to. So let people yeah. know about that. Yes. Well, um, I um, just just to give it some kind of um, background. Uh, I'm a second generation puppeteer. So my my folks are puppeteers, and I, I'd been puppeteering pretty much my entire life by the time I, I got to work on Empire. So I had a good um, sort of practical hands-on puppetry experience from that situation. So um, uh, I was working um, pretty much for Stuart Freeborn in the makeup laboratory, sort of building Yoda, when Wendy Midner-Froud became allergic to something on one of the sets. So um, she was rushed off, literally rushed off to hospital. She was having a, a very bad allergic reaction to something. So I was drafted in as a puppeteer to take over and um, control Yoda's eyes. So that was all the eye blinks and the eye movements, um, which were directly cable controlled for for Empire. And so, um, and I pretty much then um, stayed on the puppeteer team. It wasn't the original plan um, when I was first uh, involved in the production, but um, I I became like the fourth um, puppeteer on the team. And so stayed with that right to the very end. Um, As Frank Oz had um, predicted, the um, the Yoda shoot went over by quite a lot. It it was a lot harder and uh, and uh, more time-consuming than I think uh, most of the production people had thought. Although Frank had pretty much um, estimated the uh, the schedule correctly, but there was about a week's worth of filming still left to do with Yoda, and um, Frank needed to nominate um, someone to basically take over the chief puppeteer's role of Yoda um, for Empire for this last week of shooting. Um, now, he'd been working with all his, his Muppet colleagues on Muppet Show, and there's a lot of um, sort of professional puppeteers who had been working for, for many years, but Frank gave me the wonderful opportunity to actually stand in and actually be, become chief puppeteer of Yoda for that, that final week. I was 19 years old, and uh, it was such a, it launched my career for sure, and it was just a wonderful and generous thing for Frank to do. And uh, I did my best to try and emulate Frank, although that's uh, that was almost impossible in those days. Frank's just a phenomenal puppeteer, but it was a, a great um, sort of um, um, benchmark to try and reach for. Indeed. I mean, you wor- your work ever since then has been featured in over 17 uh, movies. Yeah. And other various TV shows on top of that. Um, now, would that be your fondest memory of Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back? I think it is, yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, I, I even said at the time, I've, um, I've got to work on the sequel to Star Wars. It's got to be downhill from now on. <laughs> and it, it kind of felt that way. It was such an amazing opportunity and to be in the right place at the right time. And then, then just looking back on it, having the opportunity to to uh, actually be the only other puppeteer to be a chief puppeteer for Yoda, um, just uh, it was just amazing. I mean, it was just such a wonderful experience. So, um, so yeah, that's that really um, sits in my heart very deeply. I really, really um, enjoyed every single second of, of the production, and some of those those um, hours were literally working round the clock, working to get Yoda ready. And, and when the times where some of the animatronics broke down, 
working around the clock to fix him ready for the next morning. So there's a lot of hours, lots of um, love and care and, uh, and sort of labor put into to bringing Yoda to life. Okay. <clears throat> now, I know Derek's probably going to not like me too much for asking that question, but I'm going to give it a twist. <laughs> now, how was it to work with George Lucas at the time? Because we know that Rob Coleman for Star Wars Episode 1, 2, and 3 had his own share of problems with all the uh, animation for Yoda's face and getting, all, getting it all right. So back then, you only had a puppet to work with. Now, how difficult must, was it back then? Well, I guess it never had been done before. I mean, it really was um, cutting-edge technology and cutting-edge concepts at the time. Uh, Henson's had, had, had created um, realistic-looking puppets, but not as realistic as Yoda. Uh, Rick Baker had done phenomenal makeups, but not quite puppets that you could perform. A lot of Rick's earlier stuff in those days were a number of different um, sort of prosthetics and makeup heads that you'd use to intercut. Yoda was basically a, a performance in one puppet, so this was a, a new approach. So. It, it was it was difficult, and Frank Oz was very specific in breaking down every single eye blink, every single movement. We would rehearse it through um, to get all the acting to make it as, as ultra-realistic as, as we could. And um, and George initially was concerned that obviously if if the puppet ended up looking sort of too cartoony, then no one would no one would buy it. So um, so a lot of rehearsal, a lot of careful shooting, and so lots of film tests um, basically um, sort of directed the, the style and the performance and the, uh, the technology that was needed to bring Yoda to life. And I, and, and I think when George saw the, the character fully alive and fully interacting with all the, other, uh, all the other actors on the set, I think he was relieved and delighted. <laughs> All right, and how was it to work with the rest of the team at, of uh, the Empire Strikes Back at that time? Because you really came in as a last-minute rookie, and these guys right. had already been like working together for a while. So, how did they integrated you into the team? It was great fun. Um, I, I Stuart sort of brought me in, um, sort of I think July-ish time. I can't remember June, July, nineteen seventy-nine, and um, working. Um, Stuart was his son Graham Freeborn, his wife Kath, um, Nick Maley, um, Nick Dudman, who's gone on to do a lot of work um, doing doing all the animatronics and the makeups for Harry Potter. Um, in fact, Nick and I started the the very same week on uh, Empire, <laughs> so um, so yeah, we go back many years. And uh, uh, also an English makeup um, artist, Bob Keane, who was also on there. So it was a relatively small, tight team of um, of people in in the uh, the Yoda creature shop so um, and it was a very tight knit um, team where we had to work very closely for many many hours together so it was great they, they, they took me in with, um, with with open arms and sort of I, I learnt so much um, in those, those first initial months um, not only was I able to hopefully contribute to the, the construction and the uh, performance of Yoda but I also got a huge amount out of that process as well okay um you own a uh, a, pr a production company called Ultimate Animates. I used to. I used to. Um, that was a company in the UK that I had with um, 
um, fellow puppeteer Mike Quinn, who's Nine Numb. And, yeah, um, that's it. I was going to ask. Uh, is that the same Mike Quinn who played Nine Numb in uh, Return of the Jedi? Absolutely, yes. Mike and I first met on Dark Crystal, and he was the Slave Master Skeksis puppeteer for that. And Mike's a brilliant um, puppeteer and puppet maker and puppet designer, and now a, a brilliant keyframe animator, too. Um, he actually animated some of the uh, the more recent Yoda shots um, from, I think, episode two. Um, so he's, he's like kind of gone full circle. And also, yes, he was uh, an assistant puppeteer on, on Jedi for, for Yoda. He was uh, the right hand of Yoda for on Jedi. So, um, so Mike and I set up a company, I think, back in 88 in England, and uh, that was Ultimate Animates. Uh, we folded the company in 1997, when we were headhunted by Ed Catmull of Pixar, um, I, I turned down Ed's offer, yet uh, Mike and his wife, at that time Karen, took up the offer. So. Okay. Well, that's life for you. Yes. It's <laughs> just like, yeah, sometimes you have to make, to make choices, and sadly this one didn't go like particularly your way. Uh, Mike did move on to Pixar. Uh, but you still, you still managed to do good ever since then. Uh, I mean... Team America World Police is one of your latest release? Yes. Um, well, interestingly enough, um, one of the reasons I, I decided to turn down Ed's, Ed's offer was um, I still wanted to um, keep pursuing puppetry for as long as I could. Um, being a second-generation puppeteer, um, it seems like a normal profession to me. I think most people would think it's pretty whacked. But as, as, as I uh, sort of grew up as a kid, um, puppetry seemed perfectly normal because that's what my folks did. So... Um, I love it. I mean, I really enjoy it, and I've, I've been so privileged to be able to um, earn my living by um, being a puppeteer and a puppet maker. So um, although the, the, the keyframe animation and Pixar's um, offer was, was, was really nice, I still felt I had um, things to offer in, in animatronics. And so um, I got to supervise um, cats and dogs for the Jim Henson Company and uh, sort of develop a, a pretty high-end animatronic cat um, and uh, have fun performing that too for production. So, um, and so now I've, I've actually set up a, a new company in California uh, with a business partner, Bruce Lanoyle, and we're calling our company Perform Effects. And uh, it's all about bringing characters to life in real time. So, so it's a lot of works for the next few years for you and your partner. I think so. Yes. Yeah. I think um, we've got. Um, We've got some, some great technology, we've got some, some great projects, and uh, we're also looking to um, not just um, create puppet characters, but also look into the computer graphic world as well, as it's so um, prevalent these days. That's right. Well, you know what? I think being a second-generation puppeteer, you have outdone yourself so far in your life. I can only foresee that it's going to get better from, for, for the rest of it. And I can only say, what is the art of politics but puppetry without strings? And and you still have you you can still use strings. Yep, absolutely. Still pull the strings. So you know what? It's just like the emperor did in Star Wars Episode Three. This is true, and this is true. And uh, it's uh, the the nicest thing about being able to pull various different strings is I've been able to perform various different characters over the years. Um, from like Yoda to Jabba to um, Bugs Bunny, um, just loads of different characters, and I can sort of embody them. No one really knows who I am, so that, that is, it's great to be kind of anonymous. So, yeah, we can we can walk down the airport without 
without without you being mugged when we're going to a convention. Unlike when I'm with Carrie or Billy, there's a million people that'll chase us down. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's it's it's. I I really appreciate that. During Jedi, um, when Jedi was released, and had worked um, with with the guys through Empire and through Jedi, and um, we sort of had sort of obviously sort of. It's a, it becomes a small family by the end of end of the movie. I was just uh, astonished at how much security Mark and, and Carrie and, and Harrison had to have whenever they went anywhere. And I was just actually, I, w I was terrified for them in a way because it was just like the, their, their entire lives had been taken over. So, so for me, it was really nice that I could have, have the, uh, the privilege of working on the Star Wars movies, but I, my, my personal life was completely intact. <laughs> But we might we might stir that up a little bit later this year, David, when you are one of the guests on the Galactic Cruise Dream Vacation that Cool Waters is going to be sponsoring. Um, which I'm trying to bring this around full circle because I know we're going to be running out of time. But well, well, that's it. I want to let your I want to let your listeners know. Um, um, cool Waters Productions is hosting uh, and sponsoring the very first uh, cruise to ever cater to the fans of Star Wars. They've had their Star Trek cruises in the past, and they've had a couple of other sci-fi cruises. But Cool Waters is going to do the first cruise to cater strictly to Star Wars fans. And we have six fantastic guests that are already confirmed. Um, we have David Ancrum, who was the voice of Wedge in A New Hope. We have Matthew Wood, of course, who plays General Grievous. We have Matt Sloan, who plays Jedi Master Plo Koon. We have Chan, who plays Senator Male D. We have Jeremy Bullock, who plays Boba Fett. And, of course, we have David Barkley, Yoda, and Jabba the Hutt. All six guys will be on board. It's a Mexican cruise, and it's in November, November 5th through the 12th. And I wanted to take this opportunity to have your listeners, um, we're going to do something special for them today. If they call and book their reservations within the next seven days, so basically they have until next Sunday. If they call and book in the next days and mention that they heard David and I talking on your show, they will actually save $50, that's $50, off of the price of a cruise. And for more information on the cruise, they can go to coolwatersprod.com or they can go to galacticdreamvacations.com and um, uh, the travel agent's phone number is on there, and the travel agent starting tomorrow, Monday, um, will be expecting phone calls from, from specifically your listeners, and if they mention that David and I spoke about the cruise on your show, they will save $50, but they only have seven days to do it, so it's important that they, uh, they call. And I know some people are probably freaking out going, oh, my God, a cruise, I can't pay for a cruise in seven days. You don't actually have to pay for the cruise up front. There is a payment plan available, um, but you're still eligible for the $50 off. So I'm kind of doing that as a gift because you guys were so kind to have uh, David and I on. And, uh, David, I hope you're looking forward to the cruise. Oh, absolutely. Can't wait. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fabulous. And it's, uh, um, looking forward to, to catching up with all, those, all my friends again, and uh, particularly Jeremy from, from those, the, the, the original trilogy. Yeah, and I think I think we'll only have security for you. We won't have security for anyone else because now we're <laughs> going to have all these listeners coming just to meet you. <laughs> that would be fantastic. And be great. Yeah, well, I, 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 I love I love talking about the Star Wars characters, and uh, particularly the characters that I've been involved with, and some of the others that my um, 
my puppeteer and performer colleagues have been involved with. So it's uh, it's going to be a fabulous. Um, a fabulous week, so I'm looking forward to it. You know what? I can only say that I've talked to three of the guests that you've got on your uh, uh, on your guest list so far, Direct. Yeah. And uh, I've met two of them in person. I can only say that if you can actually get yourself to that cruise, fans, you should definitely do it because I can. I am totally certain that with Cool Waters organizing it, it's going to be an incredible event. Uh, I'm definitely looking into the prices right now. I've put the link up into the chat room, and we're going to put it in the show notes right. as well. Good. Uh, uh, good, good. And, you know, it's good to know. I think it will be a good event because the people that we've chosen, we, 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 we selected the people that we wanted to come on the cruise, and the people that we chose are people that don't go to a lot of conventions or that are extremely friendly with the fans because... We want to be able to get some of our other clients out there, and, and right now the six people that we have, they're, they're probably the most down-to-earth people that we have. They don't have an air about them that's very arrogant. They're very genuine people, and I think it's going to make the cruise a lot more special. And, and I think a great thing as well is a couple of them have already actually volunteered. We're going to have some live comedy shows on board the ship, uh, that have professional actors in them, and I know two of the actors that are going to be on board are actually going to be in the show. So it's going to be a rare treat for some people to see actor, you know, their their favorite Star Wars actors performing live on stage. And then I think another thing to let your fans uh, and your listeners know, I mean, they can get all of this information off the website, but yep. um, all of the celebrities that are attending the cruise, um, there is going to be a special limited edition print. Uh, done, and it will be autographed by each person that's going to be attending the cruise. So your ticket price not only includes your cruise, but it includes a free autograph from everybody. It includes a Galactic Dream Vacation t-shirt, and uh, also some of the other events that are happening on board. Hosted cocktail parties, dinner with the celebrities, and you get to meet them one-on-one. The comedy shows, there's going to be a fan film festival. It's a convention on water specifically for Star Wars fans, and we're trying to make it as special as possible. So I'm hoping that this will entice people to get online. And, you know, hopefully if we do some more interviews with you as well, we can try and get some of the other people who are going to be on board to come on and talk to your listeners as well. Almost definitely. And, of course, today we're talking with David Barkley because, you know, he's here and he's the man who's going to be on board uh, dealing out the orders such as Jabba the Hutt does when, when he wants his dinner delivered on the spot before the captain of the boat. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. And see if there's uh, any oolas around. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before we go like too much overtime on our hand, uh, I'm going to thank you very much, David, for coming on the show uh, tonight. Pleasure. Hopefully we're going to get you back uh, sometime in the future. And, uh, Derek, thank you very much as well for making all this possible. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And while I still have you on the uh, on the line, I'm going to tell you and all of the fans listening to the show that um, I'm looking at the, the prices of the, uh, the, the, the cruise. And, by the way, people, it's like half the price that, would, that it would cost you to go to a Star Wars celebration for the same amount of, of, uh, of days and you've got everything included 
and I went to C3, and it cost me more than, than the prices of the cruise itself, and it's guaranteed fun. So go to the website and check it out. It's, it's definitely something you have to take a look at. Thank you very much to both of you, and uh, hopefully I will see you in November. All right, that'll be great. Looking forward to it. All right. So uh, have a very nice uh, end of afternoon and evening, and uh, we will talk to you later in the future. Okay, bye-bye. Bye Very now. Bye-bye. All right, we're, we're actually, like, definitely going over right now. What time is it, Sebastian? It's a quarter past nine. <laughs> is everybody still good at going at this for at least another 15 minutes? Okay, of course. Oh, yeah. Like a quick little thing. But, but Sebastian, we have, yeah. have trivia. Yeah, we've, yeah. Got, we've got trivia to do. Ah... <sighs> This is so hard. I'm sorry. I want to say I'm sorry to Skylover because I forgot to ask a question, but he probably couldn't have said anything. All right. Uh, <laughs> Danny, thank you. Uh, okay, so, Audrey, uh, I'm going to say that everybody who has trivia question for us should go in my room one of the chat room right now and <laughs> go dump your questions over there. And uh, that's what I've been doing. And uh, we're going to see if we can be outwitted by our fans. We've actually uh, been answering a couple of them on and off. All right. Oh, Audrey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, so, so Audrey, I, I think I'm going to have you go first. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I'm on the hot seat now. You're on the hot seat now. <laughs> I was but like, you know... Blood and just vessels and muscles. You and were a twinkle in your mother's eye. That's right. <laughs> so, like, what? Like you are now? Oh. <coughs> uh, well, you are. You just have a pretty wrapping on. Okay. I have pretty wrapping. <laughs> it's like a lot of wrapping. A lot of a lot of it. <laughs> it's thick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so where were you back in 1980s when uh, Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back came? Well, in May 1980, I was six years old and I was finishing kindergarten. So. <laughs> I was living in Point Claire, where I still am now, in the West Island, and uh, yeah, that's. Um, my parents thought I was too young to see Star Wars in '77, and they thought I was still too young to see Empire Strikes Back in 1980, much to my dismay. Um, but I was collecting the little player player cards that they came out with and everything, and uh, trading them with all the boys. And uh, none of the other girls in my class thought it was cool. <laughs> So the question is, did you wear the uh, the Leia buns going to school from time to time? I had my hair longer than what it is now. Right now it's like almost down my back. Um, so, yeah, I used to put it up in all sorts of fun things. I used to actually do the the Cloud City hair with the little okay. bun with the two braids. Yeah? Yeah, that's what I did. Okay, okay. Now, of course, uh, next on the hotspot is going to be... Uh, US USCM yes USCM uh, sharp thank you uh, so where were you back in 1980 when the movie where came was out? well when the movie came out I was at the Palace Theater on uh, St Catherine uh, West okay uh, which is a theater that is uh, or was in front of what we now know as uh, Eaton Center in Montreal and um, I was lucky enough. Um, This might, might sound morbid, but I was, I was lucky enough that my parents separated and divorced because if it wasn't for that fact, I never would have seen that movie because my mother, who was an incredible religious lunatic, would never <laughs> allow me to go see Star Wars because it was of the devil. <laughs> and my dad brought me, and uh, it was, a, I, I remember, I, I was eight years old, 
and uh, nevertheless, I still remember the the great experience it was, and I remember just fans just freaking out when the you know Star Wars logo would appear on the screen, which is of course what happened exactly for Episode Six, Episode One, Two, and Three. People just go nuts when they see that crawl on the screen. So it was that's a fantastic it. event. It's just all the expectation leading to that particular that's moment. That's right. That's right. That's it. And uh, Brian. Oh wait a second. Yeah. Shut up. I've never even seen it on the big screen. I didn't even see it for the special edition. <gasps> you didn't even see it for the special edition? And you actually missed the screening we did with the Imperial Alliance here in Montreal. Go fuck yourself. How dare you. How dare you. But you know what? We'll we'll probably do something again. And actually, I want to say thank you to uh, to Sharp here with us, uh, because he's the one who did the wonderful montage of yes. episode 1, 2, and 3. Yeah, it was a pleasure to do that. It was real fun. And I'd like to add that it was my idea to do that screening, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And there's there's a probably a second one that's going to be on a, uh, coming up. Yep. There's so. uh, there's plans for a second one. Uh, there's been debate about what kind of uh, you know trilogy to, to show. I'm of course uh, gung ho about playing alien aliens, etc. But uh, looks like it might head towards another direction. There might be some people who are looking for like Back to the Future trilogy. Yeah. And yeah. They're all great, of course. So maybe McFly will be. Hello, McFly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to steal the microphone. I'm going to take it over to Adria. How you doing? Good. Yeah, you have to. I know, but you're like it in my mouth. Yeah, well, that's... Pre- oh, no, <laughs> that's so wrong. <laughs> Danny, please edit that out. <laughs> so, uh, Adria. Yeah? Where were you when uh, the I Empire was like four. So? I was three, and my father took me to see yeah. the, the Return of the Jedi. So. Yeah, my parents took me. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember. I'm sorry. It's like four. You don't remember that much? No. No? no. But, like, growing up in the 80s. I had an ad It's like my prized possession. You had an ad Yeah. And it was fun. And my Lando, and he had, like, the purple cape. Okay. I just liked him because of the cape. So you like Passion Purple? Um, yeah. Well, I, I, I hope you'll be happy that they're coming out with the uh, Mace Windu uh, Starfighter. I'm thrilled. And it's actually passion purple. Wow. So. Okay. Now we know. Is that all you have to say I to I our listeners? I'm sorry. They've been dying to hear from you. It's I've like been quiet for so long now. I yes, that's it's it. It's going to take me a while to get on a roll. All right. And you had no speeder? No. Uh, and no lightsaber? Oh, fuck. <laughs> 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 it's going to get me giggling again. Well, that's good. <laughs> Giggling Girls on Star Wars Direct is a really, really yeah. good thing for our listeners. For some reason, they like that. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Okay, so are we gonna? Should we go straight into the uh, the trivia thing? Yeah, I think we should. Um, I have questions that uh, were sent to me by uh, Noel. Guys, stop answering the damn trivia, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Why>? you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um... We're supposed to answer trivia. Okay, so... I know, but it, it, not us. Not wait, wait, the chat. Wait, 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 okay. Okay, okay, Now, okay. I got a question from Noel. Why can the Falcon jump to hyperspace in The Empire Strikes Back? Got a bad motivator. <laughs> Is that right? It's got a... It's got a bad motivator. I think <laughs> that's right, if anyone wants to challenge that answer. Uh, there's a second question I don't fully understand. Maybe you guys will get it better than me. What were the pilot slash gunner pairs on ESB? Um, uh, Hobby and Wedge. Um, oh. Oh, what's his name? Luke Luke's and Dak. 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 Um, Dak. <coughs> who is the guy who is going with Jensen? Um, 
I don't know. You mm. stumped yourself. I know. That's God's good. Am I going to have to get a bigger box for, for Noel now? <laughs> <laughs> you might. I think you might have to. <laughs> okay, let's tabulate. The, that. That's one for Noel. That's one for Noel. Okay. okay. Write one down. Guys, you'll have to get more than one because we only have one book. Yeah, that's it. Okay, so U commands the Imperial Star Destroyer that chased the Falcon after it escaped the, slug, the space slug belly. Hmm. That's Piet, no? Yeah, I'm going to go with Piet. It's Piet. I would say Piet, too. Uh, which system was the Falcon in before went before they went to Cloud City? Well, the Ganoid system? Ganoid system? Uh. Well, they you went from the Hoth, they went to the yeah. Asteroid Field, and they the went to Vegabus. The system? The Ganoid system. So, who did Han ask if Luke had come in yet? And where did he suggest Luke might have come in? Deck officer, south uh, pass, uh, south, south passage entrance, entrance store, whatever. <laughs> okay. Uh, what docking station does the Falcon land on? Sixteen. <laughs> that was a good guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just add insult to injury. Wookie actually corrected what I wrote. Actually, Jensen is with Wedge. Hobby is a pilot. Oh. Uh, I'm a screw up. I'm a real frack up. That's all right. That's all right. We all make mistakes, especially me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where does Lando say they may be able to save Han from Boba Fett? On the east platform, uh, landing, landing platform. platform. There you go. Uh, what's the name of the medical droid who heals Luke on Hot? Two one B. He's the most famous, like. If you, Medical if, you if you used to read the insiders, he had his you own know column. about him. <laughs> he was the most pegged figure ever. If you think there's any action figure that was that stayed on a peg forever, it's two one B. It's not Mass Media. And it's so funny how they they just like turned that around with like his column and the insider. Like everybody went and picked up a, a two one B. I was. Card. Those were so funny. They're so so funny. And um, what is the new TIE fighter class shown in uh, the Empire's Strike Bomber. Back? TIE Bomber. Isn't it? Uh, there you go. And uh, Is that it for your trivia? Because I got, I got questions yeah. from people. Well, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, what is specifically mined on Bespin? Tibanagas. Yes. How many times is the phrase, may the force be with you, said in Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> Good answer. We'll go with that. Um, it said once, twice. Is it twice or three times? I, I bad question. Next, I think. <laughs> I okay, well, let's recap. There's Obi Wan, or isn't it Obi Wan and Yoda who say who say it to Luke? Yeah, and then of course at the end of the movie. You have Han also says it because he's leaving. Yeah, that's it. Oh Metaphors yeah, be with you at the end of the movie. Well, no, no Han's a, a block of carbonite at the end of the movie. Yeah, no, 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 no. Luke says it to uh, to to, to Chewie and Lando. Chewie and Lando, yeah. Okay, and uh, Yoda says it. Or does he? I'm. Uh, no, I think it's it's Obi Wan who says it. Yeah, it's Obi Wan. So, um, I think Han says it at some point, like. It seems to me that Han says it. Like, like in the Anger Bay and in the station? Well, isn't it Han that says it first? 
in Echo, that movie? In Echo Station. Yeah, and like when he's going off with the Falcon and uh, Luke's, Luke's going, going, off, going off with the, the uh, snow, snow speeder. That's it. Yeah. I would say three times. Yeah. Three times? Okay. I, I would Sad say Max, three times. our official answer is three times. You better get back to us on that. All right. So we can either give you a victory. Yeah. Give you a point. Okay. Um, what is the significance of the name Dagobah? That's a good question. That is a good question. It, it's symbolic, yeah. metaphorical. Hmm. I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. Right now, I don't know. For once, there's something I don't know about Star Wars. That's good. Let me see. Maybe I can find oh, the answer. Oh, okay. I'm going to take a guess. <laughs> the word Dagobah comes from the term for a Buddhist stupa, or reclary monument. That's just a guess, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> off the top one. of your head, eh? <laughs> I, I'm just guessing this one. You're just guessing this yeah, one? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> give Sad Max a point. It's one a reliquary monument. Buddhist reliquary monument. But once more, I, I'm just guessing that. Okay, one from Dark Moose. Um, name the three people that use a lightsaber in Empire Strikes Back. Luke, Vader, and Han. Okay. Uh, Castro, what material was used when they were making these life-size models of the snowspeeder hulls? I think it's just plywood. Yeah, I remember seeing the making of things, and they drove by on a car. (laughs) 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 And all you old people out there will know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I saw the original cut. Next. So, uh, uh, next one would be, um, what? where were the Hoth scenes filmed? Shibugamo. In Norway. Norway. Shibugamo. In Norway? <laughs> Norway. Shibugamo, Quebec. It's a very little known thing, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was in Norway, Norway, but the funny story about the shooting of most of these scenes is that they were shot right at the doorstep of the hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because right. yeah, they'd just run out in costume to take the shoot and run yeah. back in because they were freezing their ass. They were freezing their <laughs> ass because they were caught in the storm. storm. They were afraid that they couldn't <laughs> even get out of the hotel to shoot because they were covered. The, to- the hotel was covered in snow. That's it. Yeah. And who's the only character who actually had to roll himself in the snow to cover himself in snow? Luke. Nope. The, Pete, the Wampa? Peter Mayhew. Oh, oh that's, that's true. true. <laughs> just before he shot the, uh, the probe drive. Which is also something else that was shot right... In front of the hotel. <laughs> Who is the guy in the Wampa suit from the uh, Empire Strikes Back special edition sequence? Oh, that is a good question, and I know the answer, but I can't remember his exact name. Wampa suit special edition. Wampa suit. Well, the Wampa suit. Uh huh. Oh, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Let me let me check. I cannot meet the... Damn. I can't remember. It's okay, it's Danny. He doesn't get any <laughs> points. <laughs> it's, it's okay, it's Danny. Does. No, wait, I know... I, I've i heard that... I've heard the story and the name before, and I can't remember. And that pisses me off when I can't remember. It's only been... It's only made a force be with you. It's only said once. <gasps> it's only said once? Yep. So is that two points for uh, yep. for Sandbox? Noel actually has two points because it was Captain Nita who was in command of the uh, Star Destroyer. 
because so he fails him for the last time. Because <laughs> bec- yeah, I said because of course off. Piet is on the superstar destroyer. Right. So <coughs> the vampire, and I'm sure Danny like slipped me the question earlier. I'm just trying to find it. It's like everybody like where is it? Where is it? We can find it. <laughs> Come on, guys. We need an answer. Or to move on to the next question. Brian? Oh, ah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's so into it. He's just like totally lost. Um, what is the probability to successfully navigate an asteroid field? 3,720 3, 3, to, to 1. one. People know this? <laughs> yes. yes. I'm getting out of here. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me, wow. get, let me get my 3PO ad out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what color does Luke wear most often in the film, and why? Um, he starts off in orange, and then he's in white, and then, and he's, then he's in, in like, tan orange. colors. Hockey, yeah. But then he's in orange again at the end. No, no, is no, he white? white? No, no, at the end, isn't he even... No, but he's, like, when he goes to fight off Darth Vader, isn't he in his... He's in, like, gray again. Yeah, he's in gray. Yeah, he's in yeah. gray. Gray? Gray. So let's say khaki. I'd say, like, gray. Get a ruling on that, though. Gray khaki? It, it he's depends. Walking, he's I'm colorblind. Walk- I don't know. <laughs> he's walking the thin line. Hey, shut up. That's my excuse. <laughs> he's walking the thin line. I, I say light gray. Side and dark That's side, right. So, yeah, gray. Gray. Let's go with gray. Okay. Why? Well, because he's walking this in line between the light dark side, and light. The dark mm-hmm. and light side. Okay. Um, Madneroid will have to get back on this. Um, where am I going now? Next question. Oh, I have the answer for the last one, Sebastian. It was Howie Weed. Howie Weed? Page 115, creating the world the world of Star Wars in 365 days. Yeah, that's Danny. That's Danny would, would go yeah, like picture things from what the color obscure uh, books. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> how many times is... As we did that one, can you name all the changes in both the 1997 and 2004 re-releases? 1997 and 2004 re-releases? Yeah, well, so, SE and DVD. Okay, well, for the special edition, edition? they uh, fixed the hulls of the snow speeder so you didn't see through them anymore. That's it. Um, they tried to redo the boxes in space. And now you can only see the boxes in space. Um, I know for the difference between the, s- the special edition and the 2004 edition, there's added dialogue, like changed dialogue in the holograph figure of the Emperor speaking to Vader. Yes. The dialogue is changed. In 1987, and there's the Wampa added. The Wampa, well, instead of just seeing the arm, you see the whole Wampa, yeah. And there's also in the 2004 version, it's Ian McDiarmid who has, who's doing the face of the Emperor. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the 1997 version, it was the other guy who's in there as well. <laughs> the uh, predecessor. <laughs> the predecessor, that's it. I can, I the can other guy. I can find his name because I know it's he's, <laughs> in, the, he's in this insider. Uh, <laughs> but that's it. This guy was um, was doing the uh, the face of the emperor before. And was it ever, like, not the right face to give an emperor? And you could you couldn't see it all that well. Wow, I'm just going through the pages of this Star Wars insider. I, I, I see this, the Pepsi cans from 1999. <laughs> <laughs> I have those. <coughs> I still have one unopened. Oh, God. Mace Windu, isn't it? Yes, Mace Windu, Mount, Mount Windu. Can. Open. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm waiting for it to I leak. I bet it tastes real good. 
it's definitely Mace Windu. Do the do. That's right. <laughs> Every time Nick comes over, he's like, I'm going to drink your Mountain Dew can. Ha ha ha. Yes, and one day, I'm going to be like, okay. The, the You're going to drink it all. <laughs> the voice of the Emperor in Star Wars Empire Strikes Back was done by Clive Revel. And it was actually a combination of elements that created the uh, the uh, Empire's Emperor. And it's uh, like paper mache and cloth. Monkey eyes. Yeah. yeah. Chimpanzee eyes. It's actually not a monkey. It's an ape. Sorry. My bad. How could you? How could know your you monkey, folks. Thing? Know your monkey. But you know what? Do you know what the funniest, like, wampus, wampus scene is in The Empire Strikes Back? Say that again. Do you know what the funniest wampa scene is? In it's cut. Yeah. Oh, no. It's the cut. funniest wampa scene actually originally uh, starred uh, boxing promoter Don King, I believe. <laughs> the one with the really tall, fuzzy hair. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> I believe that's what you're referring to. No, I'm actually referring to the escape of Princess Leia and Han on Echo Station. And when they're running away, C-3PO's running be- right yeah, behind him. Yeah, he and he actually rips off a sign from a door yeah. that says... Caution, Wampa inside. Yeah. And three snowtroopers just like come in, open the door, walk in, and the only thing you could hear in that scene was them screaming yeah. from you the other you side of the You can see that on the uh, DVD. Mm-hmm. On the, the DVD, trailer. you can actually yeah. see the sign very well. The tra- if you yeah, watch the true. movie trailer in the special features, you'll see that. You'll actually see three people take that sign. Yeah. <coughs> and uh, some of the cutscenes were the actual removal of the, uh, the, 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 the mask that uh, Luke has uh, after being cured from the Wampa uh, strike and it's like really disturbing yeah let's see that and I can put it on the webcam too yeah. it's like so a big plaster mask phantom of the opera kind of thing there yeah so that poor kid got his face massacred wow so that answers the question I think we got it right yes I agree Okay, so how many dots at the end of the crawl? Four. Three. It's a grammatical error. It's four. supposed to be four, but there's only three. There's four. There's three. In wall. I've got it right here in oh front yeah. of me. You there's see three. Somebody's gonna get. Somebody's gonna get the movie out. Four. <laughs> I have the script here in front of me. I have the original print on laserdisc, transferred to DVD, transferred to iPod video. My God. <laughs> <laughs> right here, and it's four dots. Can't. Argue with. That's a new hope, dude. Well, which one are we talking about here? Empire Strikes Empire Back. Strikes Back. Oh, okay, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, on the, I'm not on the right page, sorry. <laughs> That's right. New hope is for though. <laughs> That's a, another movie for another day. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's, uh, there's also something uh, that, that we didn't mention is uh, the Willem screen. Oh, wait a minute. I think like Luke point. screaming at the end of the uh, at the end of the movie in the first time, he was just like jumping but screaming like a girl. What? No what? offense to girl, in the first version okay. of Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, that's right. He just plunges to his death, oh, screaming like Brian. Yeah. <laughs> hey Brian, <laughs> snap. <laughs> We're supposed to do a whole load of screams, aren't we? <laughs> You're right. Okay, <laughs> people, take your microphones like off your ear, further away from your mouth, and just start screaming. <laughs> okay, now I hope I hope that makes some of our listeners happy. <laughs> I can't talk. <laughs> and the high pitched scream was mine. I'm sorry. 
Okay, can you count these dots, please? <laughs> Shut up. One, two, three, four. <laughs> well, Dom was right. <laughs> there's three in the script. Ah, well. ah, uh, uh, it's a mood to count. Proof is in pudding. <laughs> okay, you're right. Four dots. <laughs> Fine. I think we just pierced a few... Um, <laughs> Maybe all you young kids are watching the uh, special edition DVD version, but uh, those don't count because Han shoots first. I agree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Admiral. <laughs> <laughs> we scared the cat, people. <laughs> Did we? Uh, Admiral was wearing friggin' earphones. That's a direct quote. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, that one's done. Um, what other films has f- or film has Frank Oz and Ian McDiarmid been involved with? In Frank, Frank Oz was in uh, Blues Brothers. I uh-huh. think they mean together, don't they? Oh, together. Yeah. Oh, okay. well. Weren't they together in uh, well, they the thing with the knight with no head there, with Johnny Depp and Chris Sleepy Fox? Hollow? Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow. Hollow. Yeah, Sleepy Hollow. Didn't they work together in Sleepy Hollow? I I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. Let, let, let's cheat. Internet movie database. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Oz. And Ian McDermott. Ah, uh, it's okay. Hmm. So we have the internet to correct my spelling. Well, okay. Uh, Frank Oz and Ian McDermott all worked on episode 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. So... There you go. Mm. It's not Sleepy Hollow. Star Wars Episode One as well. <laughs> I I mentioned Sleepy Hollow because I figured they like they, like they needed the puppeteer at some point in Sleepy Hollow, but apparently it didn't. <sighs> I hate to reiterate that that four dot thing that I just posted a link to a picture proving that I'm right. Ugh. Thank you. <laughs> this is a typical man. Yes. <laughs> this yes. is a typical man in all his glory. I have to be. Yeah. The, yeah. It's so rare that they're correct. That's it. <laughs> At least I'm not whining like Sebastian. Oh, I got shot by paintballs three times. Yeah, <laughs> 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 no, he was so proud of himself. He's like, He's I like, got shot. Me, show me. <laughs> look at my dots. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a real man come out and play for some real paintball. I'm going to yeah. kick your ass oh, yeah, for so sure, bad. Sure. You might have sure. the big gun, but I have oh, the yeah, whips. Yeah, the biggest <laughs> guns. Biggest guns. You don't touch those bad man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wookie's after me now because <laughs> he said that men have to like rub it in when they're like we right, like so the rare. So so, ah, <laughs> uh, that's so. <laughs> so apart from episode so one, two, and so three, which other movie would we be talking about with both Frank Oz and Ian McDiarmid? Hmm, I'm looking. Well, stop looking and find. Bitch, put it in your mouth. <coughs> No, okay. 22. I'm counting. Especially Castro. <laughs> okay, go. No more discussing if there's no microphone. <laughs> Close. <laughs> uh, Ouch! God damn it! <laughs> okay. That was... Yep. Okay. I think that's only that's only it. I think it's episode 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else. Well, Everybody's telling you to stop chewing gum, yeah, Brian. Yeah, stop chewing gum, Brian. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, I didn't worry. Oh, it's the non-stick type. Boy, yeah. those are perfect pretenders. Uh. <laughs> okay, right. so 
Okay, Jeff, Jeff Jeffroni Jeff says he knows what it is. Okay, well, he should say it because yeah. it's his question. Okay, post go. it up then. Go, Jeff, go. We give. <laughs> Next one, Dark Moose. What did David Prowse say in the place of James Earl Jones? Line about Vader being Luke's father. Wasn't it oh. Obi-Wan must have killed your father or something? Or no. What was it? I used to know this. Me too. It was actually the first script. Yeah. They were all told to uh, tell something. And I think it was that Obi-Wan was his father. Or Obi-Wan killed his father. Well, that's what I just said. Obi-Wan killed your father. Which is what you just said. <laughs> Isn't that what I just said? Yeah, that's what, no, that's what you just said. But I'm, I think it, it was like, wasn't Obi-Wan was your father? Well, it wasn't your no, no, it wasn't Obi-Wan was your father. It was Obi-Wan killed your father. It was Obi-Wan killed yeah. your father? So and he did. Moose, yeah, see, Moose is saying that he so thinks that she's right, and I'm the she speaking. So thank you. <laughs> Yay! As, as she's Obi-Wan right. To say <laughs> we're gonna get from a big loves point here. of view, <laughs> Obi Wan really did kill his yeah. father. Well, well, not really. Yeah, from a certain point of view. No, he didn't. No, he, he didn't kill him. He no, wounded him he badly, but he never killed wow. him. He yeah, left but him he in mortal peril. <laughs> and and Anakin's no longer alive. He's Darth Vader. Right. He he was. He died and was but born again. I'm trying to argue a point here. He died and was born again, so Obi-Wan, it, from a certain point of view, killed Anakin, and he became Darth Vader. No, because at that point in time, he was already Darth Vader. Aha! I like that point you made. Right. About but body again. and soul has changed as well. Yeah, born again Sith should be a new religion. For once, we agree born on one Sith. thing. Yeah. <laughs> born again Sith. Like born again Sith. I'm a born like again Sith. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> For once, me and Adria agree on one thing, so I'm not going <laughs> to let that go. <laughs> Thank you. Skylover is green as well. Obi-Wan killed your father. I don't... Na-na-na-na. Because <laughs> if you keep on going like this, I'm just going to go that Lucas was right to change Sebastian Shaw to Anakin to Aiden Christensen. I agree. Episode three. I think he was right. In episode 6. That's. I think he was totally right. I think he was completely right. Okay. Because that's what Anakin was. Yep. Uh, we're right again. Kay. How many times is the line I have a bad <coughs> feeling about this said? Too many. I'm sure Icaster has counted them though. <laughs> In ESB, how many times? I'm gonna stab at two. Two? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's only I think one. Masu, Masu, better get back to us. I think it's only. I think yeah. it's only one. 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 I Leia do says it. I believe. I do believe it's only one. Okay. Is it Leia? It might be. I think it was Leia. Yeah. Okay. One. I think it's one. Okay, we're gonna ask. We're gonna wait for an answer there. Um. What cheers? What cheers actor was in Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back? Which cheers actor? Well, you can oh, give his uh, name. Oh, Normie. What's his name? Um, no, not Norm. Uh, uh, Cliff Clavin. What was the actor's name? The guy who played Cliff Clavin. Um, it's okay. I'll take that. He's a, it's a, he's a, a corporal, I think. What? Yep. John Ratzenberger. John Ratzenberger. No, that's Norm. The guy who played Cliff Flavin. Well, that's Cliff. Yeah, it's John Ratzenberger. Cliff is John Ratzenberger. He's in um, a bunch of the Okay, yeah, movies. so, yeah, yeah. So. And let me, let me just double check before we actually. There's actually an action figure of him. Yeah, as Cliff or he is, he is, <laughs> he is, he is major Cliff, super post post office worker. He's major. What is it? Brent Durlin. <laughs> Brent Durlin. That's yeah. it. Okay. Okay. Um. 
Name three Empire Strikes Back actors that can be seen in the movie Superman 2. Oh, well, Terrence... No. Not no. Terrence Stamp. No, no. no. Uh, sorry. Also known as Bernadette. Oh, God. I Bernadette. haven't watched <laughs> Superman in such a long time. Is it Superman 2? I love that movie. Yeah. It's... Uh, I and know one of them, but I can't remember their names. Well, uh, give me the uh, the characters. Well, I don't remember the characters' names either. Three actors I haven't watched Superman since <laughs> I was little. I've got the box set, but I don't watch them. Oh, that's a good stumper. Um, what? What? Oh God, I can't remember the name of the guy. Was he one of the? Uh, Can you name names and else? Like non the 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 the, the, the s- general to the slaves to the general. Uh, he was a gift. Oh, it's the guy that played Lex Luthor. Hackney's not in the Star Wars. No, no, no. Not in the Star Wars movie. No, no. Uh, oh crap! See, I I can't remember any of their names, but I. Anyways, I'm gonna leave it alone. <laughs> so sorry. Wow, that's that's actually a good question. Jeez. That's been outwitting us. I'm looking on IMDb because I'm a cheater. Oh yes. That's what it is. It's like it's totally like connected to the last question. Oh, Richard Le Parmentier is actually in Star Wars, and he was in Superman too. Okay, mm-hmm. down. John Ratzenberger. Is he? Yep, he is. He plays a controller. Oh, really? Okay. And that's good. <laughs> well, John Ratzenberger and Richard Le Parmentier. That's two. We need one more. There's three, three. of them. Three. Bam. Damn. <laughs> <coughs> okay, I know exactly how to do this. <laughs> is it Richard Donner? Richard Donner? I don't know. Man walking by di- by diner, uncredited. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Damn, this is a good question. Okay. Um, I'm making an executive decision. Mad Neroid, he gets a point. That's 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 like a freaking hard question. Mm-hmm. So Martin, who? Mad Neroid, Neroid. Mad Neroid. He's in the chat. Okay. He gets one point. How many points are there? How uh, many, does anyone have a lead? Y- well, no, not really. Noel and Sad Max are pretty much at two points each. Okay. You got Dark Moose has got one. Okay. Need more questions, guys. Especially the two in the lead, we have to break the tie at some point. Yeah. Sad Max and Noel, you have to send us some more questions. questions. I got another one from Sad Max. Got another two from Sad Max. Okay. So, Masu 234, rather. What is C3PO's first line in the movie? What is what? C-3PO's first... Damage on the ship doesn't seem that bad from out here. Uh, Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I'm on the wrong movie again. Yeah. Sorry. And it wasn't the first line in the in new Empire Strikes Back. It's first... It's the first line in Empire Strikes Back. It's something about the ship being destroyed. Anyway, Empire Strikes Back, it would be... Um, no, they're on odd. They worried about Luke. And yeah, that's it. He just comes... Um, I'm afraid... Uh, they want no three one first line? No one has heard from Master Luke. No one... Um, Princess Leia is very no, no, worried no. about it. 
Oh, no, right. that's later. No, no, the first line there for 3PO is, Don't try to blame me. I didn't ask you to turn on the thermal heater. I merely commented that it was freezing in the princess's chamber. Yes. Oh, that is. So, what's Okay. The what is the last line in the crawl? In the crawl? The far reaches of space. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Go, Audrey. <laughs> <laughs> what was originally planned to be used instead of the Imperial Walkers on Hoth? I do believe it was a prototype of the Juggernaut that is later seen in the Clone Wars. Yep, because right. I have the, um, the uh, <coughs> Lucasfilm book of the archives, and there is a painting concept art of, a, of what became the Juggernaut. Yeah. I second that motion. Um... Okay, next. Um, what was originally... Uh, no, no, we did that one. Uh, how did Lando lose the Falcon to Han? Your ship? Hey, remember, you lost her yep. to me fair and square. Game of Sabak. That's correct. What kind of creatures on on Bespin are throwing around C-3PO's head? The Ugnaughts. Yep. Okay, I need some more questions, dudes. What is the code name for hot base? It's uh, Echo Station. The general was in charge of the rebel base. Echo, Echo base. base. It's Echo Base? Not Echo Station, Echo Base. Echo, Echo base. base. Okay. Uh, the general who was in charge of the rebel base is... General Riken. Yes. Yo. Um, it's a question from Danny. Who from the production team of Star Wars and Who Hope died during the shooting event? Empire Strikes Back. They stopped the shooting at lunchtime on June 11th so the crew could attend the funeral. Who died? It was June 11th, 1979. Okay. Um, I'm going ha- to finish this like right now because we're being told by Danny that it's getting boring. Um, Sad, Mask, Sad Max, do you actually have a copy of Triple Zero? I'm just going to ask him this. If he doesn't, we're going to send it to him because Noel already has, a, has one. <coughs> so, Noel told me he's pretty much ready to put it up for, you know, a next trivia for someone else to win. So that's really good of him. Generous. So if sad if sad Max does he does not, he does not. Yes. Well, there he you does go. Not. Just send send us your email, your uh, your I- entire address, your contact information. Yeah, your contact information. To studio at swmdirect.com. Just that easy, and uh, I'm gonna. Post in the chat room the uh, trivia that you can find on IMDb for Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back, and there's actually a lot of fun information right there that you can find about this. It was John Barry, production designer, who passed away during the shooting of A New Hope. Unfortunately, sorry, John. Okay, so are we going to end this? Should we? Sure. Do as it. As it comes out. You know, it's only 10 o'clock. <coughs> I mean, we could go on until 11. <laughs> <laughs> I have to leave for work eventually. Okay. <coughs> well, the uh, next show is going to be on Sunday, March 19, 2006. And it's going to no, be... No, it's not. March 26, 2006. Why don't you start completely? Okay. So the next show is going to be on Sunday, March 26, 2006. It's going to be Star Wars Time Rank number 81. And then we're going to be talking about Nathan Butler, all about his new fan audio series called Echoes. 
Of course, if you've got any comments about the show or that you would like to make suggestions for upcoming subjects, please send an email to studio at swendirect.com or leave a message in our, on our blog or message boards. To become a partner or sponsor, send an email to info at swendirect.com. If you like the show, we suggest that you talk about it around yourself. Word to mouth is, after all, the best publicity we can have by our listeners. Bring a friend to the next show, add our URL to your message board signatures, and most definitely, Brian... Podcast Alley. That's right. Go to our main page, click on the little banner icon, takes you right to us, vote for us, takes you like a second. And yep. for every time that we get you vote, we get up higher and more people see us, and then they vote for us, and then we get more people, and then more people, and more people, and the... Better interviews is exactly. Mm, it's all about you guys. Mm, prizes. That's right. All right. Uh, and while you're there, you can also go to our Frapper map and let us know where you're listening in, because that's something that's we're always cool. interested in. We'd like to take a second to thank our sponsor, of course, FederationToys.com, SitClan.net, Simple-Net.ca, our web host. The Sci-Fi Podcast Network, which can be found at tsfpn.com. And we would like to take a second to thank all of our sponsors, uh, our partners, I mean. In the bloodonline.com, the Star Wars Aficionados, PlanetFandom.com, Hail to the Fanboys and Girls, where you can also find FurryConflict.com, Trek Wars, the Furry Conflict Ultra Drama, as well as Silent Universe. Anakin and His Angel.com, Nerve-Herder-Anonymous.net, the largest collection of Star Wars references and actors on the internet. Millennium Falcon, Galactic Hunter, Keeping Collectors on Target, T-Bone Star Wars Universe, the Galactic Senate Message Board, and StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars Fan Audio, available at StarWarsWithZ.com. All of these links all available to our website at www.swendirect.com. Um, as the word of the producer for this week, I'm going to say that until April 13th, you can actually, if you're in Canada... Go to bestbuy.ca and check out their DVDs because for each TV series set that you buy, like a box set, you get a one another box set for free. And this is totally not Star Wars related, except from the fact that there's an obscure reference to Star Wars in that particular show, Stargate SG-1. All eight seasons are actually for sale at about twenty bucks. The that's box set. Sweet. So that's that's very good. And oh, uh, you know what? I think we should do a little contest with this. What was the Star Wars reference in Stargate? <laughs> and don't answer Which it. Which one? Don't answer it. Well, wait, wait. just give me one. Okay. I'll be happy. No, not not now. No, next oh, week. Oh, oh, oh. You know when people send us their... Ah, I see it. I, know, I, see, oh, I understand. And next week we can actually raffle something. Oh. Cool. Get my drift. Uh, I get your drift. It's kind of smelly, but I get it. Also, I want people to go Sorry, listen to I another tried, podcast, but, but don't vote for them on podcast because like, you're supposed to vote for us. Um, Geek Core Radio. They're pretty cool. They play Star Wars minis, and they talk about the Star Wars RPG, which is freaking cool. That's right. And also, I want to remember all of our listeners that if you are interested and you're doing nothing from November the 5th to the 12th, there's a Star Wars cruise that you can go to. For more information, go to the Cool Waters website and call in their travel agency for the uh, Galax, Galactic uh, Cruise. And uh, tons of Star Wars guests are going to be there, and Matthew Woods and Jeremy Bullock and David Barkley, whom we talked to tonight. I mean, you have to go meet these guys in person. They're most definitely 
very inter- interesting people. And if you call this week, that's until next show, you're going to be able to get $50 off the entire price. That's a very, very sweet deal. Vis-a-vis the total of the cost of the cruise, that's a very good savings. Yes. Yes, somewhat. Yes. Yeah. Also, um, don't forget, for our French peop- listeners, you should totally go check out the stars on direct French side, because there's going to be a show next week, right, Sebastian? That's right, there's going to be a show next week. Uh, so if you want to hear, like, French speaking, that's where you should go. That's right. And no, you're not allowed to laugh at us. I don't think they're allowed. show. No. Because we only do it once a month. But why would they laugh at you in French? I don't know. Peut-être qu'ils n'aiment pas ça quand je parle en français. Ben, c'est ça votre langue? Ben oui, mais il y en a qui n'aiment pas ça sur StarWars.com quand on poste en français dans notre blog. Ben, désolé. Alors, soyez des nôtres la semaine prochaine quand Star Wars en direct est en français, la langue de Molière. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only French I know, actually. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, for all the crew here over at Star Wars on Direct, this is Sebastian saying, see you next week on Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. You were listening to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Be sure to visit www.swondirect.com for more information about upcoming shows. This show has been brought to you by SimpleNet. Webmasters, online gamers, or administrators of e-business. At SimpleNet, we will always have a solution to meet your needs.